So we're recording audio. Video is on. I'll give us a little mini countdown. Okay. We'll get started. Sounds good. All right. It's almost over. Don't look at the camera. It's almost over. You just it. <laughs> All right. In five, four, three, two, one. Sassy Miller, how are you doing? I'm good. Does that how sound professional? Kind of. Like my full Sassy name. Miller. Cecilia sounds even more. Is your full name Cecilia? Yeah. Damn, I never knew that. Well, see, Sassy's way cool. We're going to stick with that one. Okay, cool. Cecilia's cool too, but Sassy's on a whole nother level. It's like a special <laughs> name. Um, Oh, what was I going to tell you? Oh, uh, I don't even know. I totally forgot. I had the, oh, I had a really cool dream last night. You want to hear about that? Sure. So do you know who Billie Eilish is? Yes. I was going to be weirded out if you said no. <laughs> no, yes. I know who she is. She, um, I'm sure everyone knows, so I don't even have to talk about her. But Laura kind of is like into her, I think. Like her music and probably into her as well. Ooh. And she has a friend that also is. And yeah. so they've been talking about her a lot. And I think she's cool. I think her music is good. Um, but for whatever reason, like that was in my brain. And so I had a dream about it last night. And so when I woke up this morning, I was recollecting the dream and it slipped away. So there's probably parts of it that I don't remember. Um, but in my dream, Billie Eilish came over. She's like, Hey, well, and I was like, what? Like, you're like, fuck, damn. Like now Laura's going to be all up on this girl in my dream. And Laura's like, what? And she's all excited. And then she goes, Hey, I hope it's cool. I brought my dad like in the dream. And I was like, well, what? And her dad was Jim Carrey in my what dream. <laughs> Which is like one of my idols. And I was like, what? Like, and I, I went to Laura. I'm like, that's why, like, you like her so much because her dad's Jim Carrey. And then, like, so in my dream, Jim came in and I was like, what's up, Jim? Like, we were friends or something. And then he shook my hand. And I'm like, this is so awesome. Like, I kind of like Billie Eilish, too, because her dad's Jim Carrey. And then we just hung out. That was the whole wow. dream. But I was like, in my dream, I think I was telling people, like, you know when you learn a fact that no one knows? Like, hey, just so you know, Billie Eilish's dad is Jim Carrey. And I felt like I was all about that. What is it? Is what? Jim Carrey's not her. No, no. <laughs> I was you... going to say, I was like, wait a minute, what am I missing? You're all, am I getting tricked right now? No, he has nothing to do with her. I don't know why my brain did that. I think if I had to break it down in my head, I think I was like, uh, well, that's like my idol. And I, I one of my idols, one of my right. favorite comedians, actors. And then I know that because they've been talking about it. I guess in so my head, in it's head. like, well, she can be hers because you like Jim Carrey. <laughs> so I don't fucking know. You're trying to justify why Laura likes her? No, I don't think I'm trying to justify why Laura likes her. I think my brain's just trying to f- tell me it's okay for other people to idolize people. Oh, okay. But I don't know. I can see that. Yeah. Huh. I'm going to double check real quick because you're... Put the mic a little bit closer. Like, not a whole lot. Can you hear yourself pretty good? Yeah. Cool. Um... Uh, do you remember? Do you remember your dreams a lot? Because they say we dream every night, but we don't always remember them. Do you remember? I, for the most part, I do, especially if it's a bad dream. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's a bad dream. Um, should I say closer? No, just because you're talking. Like if it's over here. Oh. I just want it to be more like in my line. Oh. There okay. you go. There you go. That so, I. The ones that I remember the most are mm-hmm. when Ricky's a jerk to me in my. What? Dream. Of course, you remember those. <laughs> Sorry, honey. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's always the one that sticks with me, you know, always a horrible dream, always the one that I can remember throughout the whole day mm-hmm. is like the one where Ricky decided to walk out or Ricky was, didn't want to buy pizza or, you know what I mean? Like little shit like that. Is, is it always about like real life stuff? Like, do you dream about like things that could actually happen or is it ever like wild? Like that's never, that's like a science fiction movie or something. Uh, 
if I dream, I mean, I'm sure I've had those, but mm-hmm. I don't remember them as crisp and as clear as the real life ones. I have them both. I have had the same ones you're talking about, by the way. I used to have one where Laura doesn't want anything to do with me. Oh, those suck. And it's like, in, in my dream, which I, in real life, if someone doesn't want anything to do with me, I think I would logically go like, hey, well, I'm better than that. I'm good. Never mm-hmm. mind. But in my dream, I was like, what? Like, you're fucking everything to me. And I, there's this one dream where she is like uh, trying to get away from me. And I know she's trying to get away from me because she's trying to find a dude. And I think her, in the dream, she's like, kind of like, hey, like, fucking, like, why are you all up on me? Like, what are you, some sort of controlling guy? Like, it started off like that. And then I'm, in my dream, I'm like, well, damn, like, I am kind of following her. But it's like manipulation. And she would never do this, by the way. But in the dream, she was like, yeah. And then she went missing. And then I was like, oh, like, she's going to hook up with some dude. Like, I need to find her, like, because she's making a huge mistake. She just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> and so in my dream, I'm trying to get to her. And, like, when I find her, she's like, I don't watch you here. And, like, tries to take off again. She would never. Never. But then I wake up and I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I had a weird. So those ones do stick out a little yeah. bit more. And they, they, oh, that's what I was telling Ricky all the time. Like, I'm legitimately mad at Ricky. She what? comes over right. for like. That's messed up. <laughs> no, like, for So real. you wake up and go, like, you will not, like, yeah, will never forgive me for what you did in my wake- dream. Especially, like, on a Friday night. It happens on a Friday night. So, wake up together on a mm-hmm. Saturday. And she comes. She's like, hi, good morning. And I'm like, I just look at her. <laughs> <laughs> Does she kind of know, like, what was your dream about? So, now. Yeah. It, we've gotten to that point now where she, if I wake up upset, she knows it was because of a dream. Yeah. Um, unless we were fighting the night before or whatever. But we tried not to go to bed mad at each other. Right? Yeah. So, when she's like, good morning. How'd you sleep? And I'm just like, fine. <laughs> she'll be like i'm good all right babe what's going on and i'm like <laughs> or she'll wake up because she'll have the same dreams yeah this happened like i want to say recently mm-hmm. and she's like can you stop being a jerk in my dreams and i'm <laughs> barely waking up I'm like what are you talking about <laughs> wait she told you this yeah so you do this to her as well mm-hmm. she's also having dreams about you yeah where do you ever like uh try to make sense of it like what's your idea why do you think those happen I, I couldn't honestly tell you why, because mm-hmm. I don't feel like, I mean, I would understand if we had a, an argument that, that night and then I go to bed and I have that dream, mm-hmm. I would understand. But they happen so random and they happen so like sporadic that I can't pinpoint the reason. I am a very insecure person. So you think it comes out in your dreams? Yes. But I'm not a very insecure person no, and it still and- comes out of my dreams. So I think that might be part of it. I think I know a little bit of stuff about dreams. I had the craziest dreams when I was a kid. And so Mm -hmm. I did a lot of like self-research on them and stuff. And I don't know. I'm not an expert or anything. But I do know that a lot of times your dreams don't actually mean what you think they mean. Right. Um, and so I'll give you two examples. So I, I used to have this dream a lot when I was a kid. Not, well, I had multiple dreams. Have you ever had repetitive dreams where you're like, I've had the same dream before. Mm -hmm. And so I used to have this dream and I used to watch this, uh, it was like a, I don't want to say Disney and Nickelodeon, maybe. Okay. Do you remember the Beetleborgs? No. No? It's like an old TV show. Uh, and it, was, it wasn't it was animated. It was like actual kids and they had powers and they would... It was kind of like Power Rangers. Oh. They had these little things and they would turn into the Beetleborgs and they had like armor and they'd fight people. <laughs> and there was a bad guy in the show and he was... Uh, I forgot his name, uh, but I remember what he looks like. He looked like a like a ant or something. Huh. Like an ant. But like in a Power Rangers... If a Power Ranger suit was to made to look like an ant, okay. that's how this guy would look. And he was, uh, I would have this dream where he was attacking my neighborhood. And this is when I was a kid and I lived in like a cul-de-sac in, in Louisiana. And so it's like a trailer park. 
So in my dream, it's like uh, this animated character from a TV show is in my trailer park, like destroying it. Like, ha ha ha. Like, think of Power Rangers. It was like, destroy them all. And I was like, what? Like, I went, in my dream, I was like, get the fuck out of here. This guy's at my trailer park. And then he sees me, like, while I'm freaking out. And I go to run from him, but I can't run. Like, I'm right. running oh, really fast and I'm this. staying still. And then he starts, like, sucking me in with his, no, like, no. power that he doesn't have in the show. And so I start going back to him, and he gets me, and I wake up kind of thing. Um, I would have that repeated dream a lot. I would also have one um, where I got people pregnant a lot. Oh, shit. And so, like, I think I've talked about this on a previous podcast. If you tell people that, they assume, like, dude, you probably have, like, someone out there you knocked up, and you're thinking mm, about it. It's no. not at all what it is. They say that if you're having dreams about someone that you're impregnating it's it's a sign that your brain registers that person as someone you're sexually attracted to that you so much so that you would have a child with them and so it's like weird things like that that you think you know what the dream means and it's interpreted differently and so when it going back to the actual dreams we're talking about i have a feeling it's probably from something that we don't even know about or we think we know my mom used to have this book it said like a thousand dream definitions or something like that and mm-hmm. she would seriously like wake up every morning and like i had the weirdest dream and she's and like look oh, it up let me look at the book and then she would look it up and come up with the weird like she would have dreams about snakes and then supposedly means bad friends in your in your circle really and but i mean there's still books like that around like i not too long ago i searched it and i was like okay maybe i don't know maybe this was something that just existed before and no they still sell them and they give you a whole well there's websites too where you can look it up but it's like uh i think people forget to do it i don't think dreams me the same thing for every person though Mm-mm. but i do think that i'm obsessed with dreaming like but let me say that better okay. I was gonna say, <laughs> i'm I was like yeah when no one's around i just dream a little <laughs> like a addict yeah i just want to get home and dream <laughs> when i was a kid um i would uh i my dreams is all i had and that sounds like an inspiring quote but what i mean by that is my, my childhood was so bad that when I would go to school or whatever, I talked about this a little bit with the last podcast mm-hmm. of Ricky, um, but this is a different ver- different aspect of it I didn't touch on. It was so outrageous. And when I got home, I lived in a really bad home and things weren't good and my life wasn't good. So I daydreamed a lot. And so that turned into having really vivid night dreams, like yeah. actual dream dreams. But I remember looking forward to it. Like it was like oh, uh, when things yeah. were going bad, I was like, ju- I cannot wait to just get to my room and oh, go to sleep gosh. so I can dream. And so I was in, I think I had this extra level of connectivity with my dreams. And I don't mean that in a spiritual way. Right. I mean, I was just more aware of them because they meant more to me. Mm-hmm. I also, I think dreams stem from your imagination. Yeah. As we grow into adults, we have less of one than we do when we're kids. Right. And so we dream differently as adults than when we did with, when we were kids. But I think my imagination was so big when I was a kid that it caused me to have these crazy dreams that I still like are a part of me as an adult. So I always have these weird vivid dreams i have a lot of dreams where i'm conscious that i'm dreaming and i try mm-hmm. to get away with stuff because i know it's a dream oh but um well they say that when you're dreaming like as you're dreaming you can make things up yourself like if you're have you ever done that no i haven't gotten to that point like i can have like really vivid dreams mm-hmm. but never to the point where i'm like okay instead of being chased by this dude i'm gonna make a path and walk away from you know what i mean like I'm, yeah Try it next time. The next time that you're aware that you're dreaming, be like, why do I want to remember this? Yes. And then try to get away with some shit. Huh. Because I've done that a few times. I'm like, 
Oh, I could just have a lightsaber. And then I, I'm like, what? I can do a backflip. And I would just flip a bunch of times. I literally, that's You've how. done that. In my dream, I'm like, oh, I could just have fun. This yeah. is like my playground. Um, but it's been a super long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I remember getting to a point where like it was just super easy to do that stuff like that. That is interesting. Try it out the next that time. That is interesting because I've had so many dreams. You know how you said repetitive dreams? Uh-huh. Like, and then dreams that you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, okay, maybe if I fall asleep, I'll dream of something different. Yes. And has it happened to you when you fall back asleep, you still dream about the same thing? Yes. And I've talked about this in a previous podcast, so I, I don't want to keep repeating some things that people might have already heard, but I've literally dreamt, woke up, been like, what a crazy dream. Mm-hmm. Gone to the restroom, <laughs> gotten a glass of water, been like, what a crazy dream. Like, thought about it, gone back to bed. Thought about it, gone to sleep, and then continued that dream. It's like you paused that movie. Yes. It's literally how it is. And then I realized I wasn't really actively conscious during the using of the restroom and the getting water and stuff. I was still kind of like a hazy, weird state. Okay. But I could still kind of control the fact that I'm in that state a little Mm -hmm. bit and then go to sleep and then continue it. Again, been a long time. I think I'm less in touch with it than I used to be. Yeah. Um, One other cool thing. Have you ever had deja vu? No. Never? No. What? Unless I'm not aware of it, but... People say that deja vu is a good sign because it means you're going the right way. I must be like some sort of all fucked up because I have no idea where I'm going. You've never had a moment where you're like, I feel like I've done this before. And then you're like, someone's going to walk through that door. And then they do. And you're like, yep, deja vu. You never had that? Never. So here's how crazy it is to me. I used to have it all the time. I stopped one from happening. And so when you just said like it's where you're supposed to be, yeah. I'm not sure that's true. And here's okay. why. And I meet... Like, I talked to so many people like, dude, when I was a kid, my stuffed animals were aliens. I know aliens are real, dude. It's like, I don't want to be one of those people that are talking about some crazy shit that they don't believe in. So when I do, and I think people know that about me. I, I I don't really think that ghosts exist. I do think spiritually things happen. I'm not one of these people that are like a, a conspiracy theorist. Okay. I'm pretty down to earth. So when I say this, just know I come from that point. When I was in the FYU shelter when I was a kid, keep in mind, I used to have deja vus all the time. Because I was aware of them, I always used to think, like, why does it happen anyways? And you may not be able to relate that because you haven't had one. But when you're in the middle of one, you kind of know it feels familiar. But it still always plays out the way that you thought it would play out. And then you go, yep, deja vu. But I'm like, why do I do that? Like, what if I changed it? Like, does that make a difference, right? Yeah. Um, And so, again, just being conscious of it, a bunch of times it happened where it just happened anyways. And I'm like, but this one time when I was at the FYI shelter... And I'll kind of paint you a picture. It's in the FYI shelter. It's all youth shelter. So okay. kids from 12, supposedly from 13, but I was 12, um, all the way till 17. Once you turn 18, you can't be there. If mm-hmm. you're younger than, than 12, you can't be there. Okay. Um, so people in that age group. It's like a dorm. Like a college dorm is what it feels like. There's a room. And in one room, there's two bunk beds. You share a bathroom with a second room that also has two bunk beds. Okay. So there's four people sharing one room, bunk bed, or one sh- uh, shower restroom. And then there's a bunch of those everywhere. So there must be like 24 people in the shelter. Um, and so I was in my room. We have bedtime like at 8 or 9, some absurdly like low number. Um, <laughs> and so like we're in the, the room and one of my roommates was making a drug deal with one of the other two. They came into our room from the bathroom and we were all four up. Like all four of us were standing there. He was opening the drawer to get him the stuff. And I had a deja vu. At 12 years old, well. Um, I was 12 for sure. I was for sure there when I was 12. I don't think I had turned 13 yet, but 12 or 13. Okay. Yes. And so, and these kids rolled it. They must've been like 16 or 17 and they were doing the drug deal and I was standing there and then it just hit me. I had a deja vu. I had a deja vu that the older, this old guy, 
um, I think his name was like Fred or Frank or something. He came in the room and literally this played out in a split uh-huh. second. Um, he came in the room. He said, what's going on? Like, what are you doing? They try to hide it. They pull us to the side. He comes over. He finds the drugs. He tells us all to sit there. He calls the cops. The cops come. They arrest us. And we go to jail. And I lose my spot at the shelter. Oh, no. Like, all that happened. It played out really quick. And I knew what was going to happen. But for whatever reason, during the middle of having the deja vu, I just started walking backwards. Because it was my room. Mm-hmm. So I just started walking backwards while I was having this, like, deja vu. And I got into my bed. And I just pulled the covers, like, over my head. And I laid there having this deja vu. And sure enough, he walks in, busts them, everything happened. He walks in, what are you guys doing? Let me see the drugs. Gets them, they all go to jail and I don't. Oh, shit. All of them go to jail. They come in, they call the cops, they take those three people off. And I remember laying in bed like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I just stopped this deja vu from happening. Um, and I totally mean that. I, I don't know what that means. I don't think I'm special. or, But I always remember that and I go, what would my life have been like? Right? Like, I would have caught a felony. You know what I mean? Like, my life would have been totally different. Totally different, yeah. And so, I, because I got into bed, and I, I for the longest time, I was like, dude, like, I, I remember... Like it, a premonition? Almost, but it wasn't, like, as vivid as people make it say. I know when I said it, it sounds like I know mm-hmm. what was happening. It was almost like I knew where it ended up. It's like if I told you about a movie that you'd already seen. Right. You're not seeing the whole movie, but you know all the things that happened in that movie. It was that feeling. Like, if I were huh. to talk... What's some... Like, have you seen uh, Fight Club? Yes. So, if I say Fight Club, you can kind of pick out the whole movie in your head right now. Yeah. It was like that. So I would remember, like, that's what the deja vu felt like. It wasn't like I was seeing everything, but the info was in my head. Yeah. And so I knew it wasn't going to end well. Maybe you're just super smart at that age and you're like, okay, if I get caught, I'm going to get... I think my intuition was really good or whatever it was, whatever you want to call it. For whatever reason, I went there and it happened. And so to this day, I always try to stop them. I've never been able to do it ever again. And I have them a lot, but I always remember that. I'm like, wow, like I stopped that one from happening. Maybe that was the V1. Yeah, I've never had that. No? Never. It's weird because, are you spiritual at all? Are you religious? No. Not at all? No. Have you ever been? Uh, my, my dad is Christian. My mom is Catholic. Yeah. We grew up going to church, mm-hmm. but I feel like the last time we were ever taken in church was like six or seven years old. And then ever since then, I'm just like... It was a I Catholic mean, church? Uh, yes. Said? Yeah. No, Christian. 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 And simply because my dad was the one that made the decision, like, um, we're going to take our kids to the Christian mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but it was never something that stuck with me. I never, like, my mom got us baptized before my dad made the, the switch or whatever. Mm-hmm. But other than, I don't have my Holy Communion or, like, I don't know what they're well, called. Well, that's Catholic. Anymore. Right. Uh, so, okay. like, I don't have any of that and I also don't have any Christian beliefs. So, what do you believe then? Yeah, no, it does make sense. So, what, what do you what do you think happens to us when we die? Um, I have no clue. Okay, I have no clue. It's something that ever since I was a child, I've been so afraid of to figure out. Like, really, it's I the I guess the earliest memory that I have of being afraid of dying. Mm-hmm. I was maybe about six years old, and I was laying in bed getting ready to go to oh, well, already in bed mom was like you got school in the morning make sure you go to sleep whatever and i laid awake thinking about what happens when we die you're how old six okay and then so i freaked out because i was like okay so does it end does just like in my mind i don't know six years old you know what i mean everything goes black and then mm-hmm. you're just like stuck in limbo 
It's what I was afraid of. So I run downstairs and I'm like, okay, what happens when we die? And my to, mom's to, like, to your mom? Yeah, and my mom was like, what the fuck? <laughs> you're and, six. Go play with yeah, your Yeah, seriously. She's like, you're, she's like, where is this coming from? I was like, I don't know. I mean, I'm laying in my bed looking out the window like, am I always going to get to do this? Am I, is it all of a sudden going to stop? Like, where, where do we go from here? Mm-hmm. And she's like, are you feeling okay? Do you feel sick? And I'm just like, no, I just want to know. And she was never able to give me any answers. It was never like a, well, let me teach you, like, I don't know, maybe she could have gotten the religious way and been like, let me teach you the Bible. Mm-hmm. Or let me teach you this or whatever. You know what I mean? I never got any answers. And up to this day, I don't know. So I don't. what do you think worries you, though? Do you still worry, first yeah. of all? Because you're obviously worrying as a six-year-old. Um, yeah. I think that's really, really interesting that you're conscious of that at a young age i was i i want to say it was six because i was still at my childhood home and we only lived there till i was 10 years old and it was way before that mm-hmm. and up till now like you could like if you talk to my siblings and stuff mm-hmm. like it's something that you don't bring up around me like you don't talk about death in front of me because like i will sit there and i will shut down and i'm like well, is it going to bother you if I talk about it? No, 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 okay. no. I mean, if you can give me some insight, I will appreciate it. I don't it. have any answers, but I have insight. <laughs> Here's my thing. First of all, I think it's crazy that you, um, this is something that we can all learn. It's a sign of the times. It says nothing, I literally have nothing bad to say about anyone that's a parent uh, because I'm not a parent. So whatever I think is just a guess on what I think would be good. Mm-hmm. And I've had this conversation before with friends, but I do think it's super important that you explain things to your kids, right or wrong. Give them the facts. And here's the thing. If your mom had said what you're telling me now, I think it would have made more sense. Right. S- instead of nothing, right? Instead yeah. of maybe going, um, hey, um, I don't know what happens when we die. Right. But I know there's a bunch of options. There's mm-hmm. um, if you there's these religions. There's this. There's people that don't believe in any religion but believe you go to this place. Um, I don't know. But you're allowed to figure out what you feel. And right. you do go somewhere when you die. And, and let's, let's talk about and it. And maybe that's what she was trying to accomplish. Like maybe she was trying to make me or let me mm-hmm. come up with my own conclusion later. Yes. But I never did. You know, I never was. Ne- I was never steered in any direction. Which I think is a blessing in disguise mm-hmm. because people that steer people in a direction, it's hard to think of anything other than the place you were right. steered. Okay. And because as a kid, I was steered. I did go to church. I did go to a Christian church, a uh, Baptist church, which is a Christian church. Um, I when I was in foster care, I went to a Catholic church. Um, different foster homes. I've been to one of those. Uh, those uh, churches where the black people were just like, oh, woo, hallelujah, <laughs> breathe, baby, breathe. Like, cause I've had so many like different foster homes. And uh-huh. so I, I, you know what I mean? I, I've been to all kinds of churches nice. and they all mean different things. They're all a little wacky. They're all a little cool. They're all a little like, kind of, I learned some stuff. They're all a little like whatever. Like yeah. some of them are judgy. Some of them aren't. But I, I think the benefit of mine is I was steered in a direction, but then I figured out, like, I don't have to go in that direction. Mm-hmm. I can kind of figure my things out. So as I sit today, I'm not very religious. I do believe we go somewhere when we die. I believe in a higher power than me. I just also believe I don't know what that is. Okay. And I want to uh, wait till more facts come out. There's nothing wrong with saying, I don't know. Yeah. And when you say that, if you're talking to someone that is spiritual, they'll go, uh, they'll go well, you're atheist. Yeah. I'm like, no, because atheists believe that when you die, you go nowhere. I'm saying I don't know. Well, then you're agnostic. No, because agnostic, like they, they do that. They want to yeah. label you and I, call me whatever. At the end of the day, I'm like, I don't care, I don't care what you yeah. say, but do, this is how I feel. I don't know. <laughs> and if you want to, but what it allows me to do is hear other people's thoughts unbiased. Like when I listen to people that are super duper Christian, 
which is the majority of the people that I know, mm-hmm. I'm able to listen to their thoughts without putting my own because I don't have any. And then so when I, I talk, uh, me and Stefan one time went to uh, De La Vegas here in town and we met these Middle Eastern dudes that were Muslim okay. and they were scared of me because I literally look like a bald white dude. They're like, <laughs> oh, this guy is like super American. <laughs> um, but they were like, they ended up telling me, like, dude, you're cool as hell. And I'm like, hey, well, what, is, what does it mean? And they were like, we listen to the Quran or we don't listen to it, we read it. Right. Um, but he started explaining stuff. And I was genuinely interested in what he was saying because I didn't have my own agenda. Right. I think when you have your own agenda, you're like, oh, I'll, I'll, that's wrong. I'll tell him that yeah, in a second. You, make, you start yeah. thinking of your own thoughts. But I was like, what? You guys, he was telling me all about how you, sh- <laughs> I don't even want to get too crazy into it. But he was pretty much saying like, hey, when you ejaculate, that's part of you leaving. And so it's not okay to procreate because you're giving part of who you are to another person and that's taking away from God. And I was like, oh what gosh. the fuck dude? Like, <laughs> and so I ended up telling him, like, what about when you masturbate, bro? Like what you're giving part of yourself to the to trash can or <laughs> to your sock, whatever it is. And so that was one of the funny parts, but it, like it allowed me to like question him, talk right. to him, understand. And it's the same thing. Like I have a friend that's Mormon. I'll listen to that. Like whatever it is, like it's cool because it allows me to understand other people. It also lets me know that everyone is so sure theirs is the one. Like, this is it. Christians, that's it. Catholics, like, nope, it's us. And then, like, Mormons, Muslims think that they have the right one. Nobody is open to any of the other ideas. Right. And that's why I think it's important for people like me and you to to be to exist, to be able to have a balance and understand all those things. Yeah. See, because I, I don't, I don't know. I, I guess what, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I don't have, like, I'm, I'm just like you said, I believe that there's a higher power. Mm-hmm. I get in my car and I'm like, okay, I've lost both my grandparents. So I asked them, Hey, watch over me. Cause I know, I mean, I'm hoping that somehow they're keeping watch on all yeah. of us. You know what I mean? But I don't know who to ask for what I need. You know, like people say, pray to God and you'll get what you want mm-hmm. or pray to God and you'll get what you need. And I'm just like, Oh, I don't know if that's something that I'm comfortable with. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it's, so what do you do in those moments where you feel like, like I'm needing, like desperate mm-hmm. need of help. I, I ask my grandparents. Yeah. I ask. So my, that's really cool because you know they exist. Yeah, I mean yeah. they they, for the longest time they took care of us, you know, and like yeah. they were around. And I mean, granted, they weren't always the best, whatever, you know. But I know that they were here, mm-hmm. and I know now they're gone, and they're somewhere somewhere else mm-hmm. that could be potentially about watching over us, you know, and. We have this story. One of my cousins got into a really bad wreck and he wasn't wearing a seatbelt. It was shortly after my grandpa passed away. Mm-hmm. And he says that when he hit that impact, you know how your body moves forward? Mm-hmm. He says that he literally felt like his like his shoulders being held back by like two like by hands, like somebody holding him back. Like into his, his into car his, seat. Into his seat. Not car seat. <laughs> <laughs> his seats in his car. Yes. Okay. <laughs> into, the, into the driver's seat. Yes. So he said that he swears it was my grandpa watching over him. Yeah. You know, and I mean, when my grandpa passed away, I was still pretty young. Um, so that had a large, like a huge impression on me. Mm-hmm. So ever since then, I'm just like, okay, just watch over me the way that you did my cousin, you know? Yeah. And... We leave the house and we go somewhere. I tell my mom, hey, you know, we're leaving. And then she's like, okay, I hope your grandpa and grandma watch over you. Like, you know, like a little shit like that. Yeah. But never like, 
may God watch over you kind of thing. It it gets a little... First of all, before I even get into any of that, I think it's really cool that you feel that way because I think that that's important to be able to go like, hey... Because I feel that about the people I've lost. I would hope they're mm-hmm. watching out after me. And right. there's moments where I go, oh, this person was watching right. after me. And that feels good. And here's the thing is I don't care about any of the religious things. If you're using what you feel to make yourself better and the people around you better, then it's good. Yeah. And that's it. But what I don't like is people that use it in a negative way. They try and to so, push it on you. And it could, yeah, it could be not even just pushing. That's already like annoying. That's more annoying. Mm-hmm. But the negative way is like, if you don't do this, like you're going to burn in hell and Jesus hates you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whatever it is. And it's like, what? Like you're not even like, <laughs> <laughs> like some people, like my favorite, which is not literally my favorite, but the one that I think is the most outlandish is kind of like the same people that are like, they talk, God loves everyone. And like, you're like, all you got to do is ask for forgiveness. Da, 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 da. Those are the same people that will turn around, like that hate gay people yeah. that will hate like certain races that will tell you that you're wrong for like maybe committing a crime. Like you're mm-hmm. going to hell anyways, give up. And it's like, what? Like, yeah. a, isn't redemption like a huge part of the Bible? Like if it's that person going to jail or whatever it is, but those are the kind of people that I'm like, you sound crazy yeah. and contradictory and you don't even know what you're talking about. Cause I like to think, okay, if there is a, I mean, I'm sure, and I'm going to, like, like you said, I'm going to try to plan it all out. But if there is a God out there, if there is somebody that created all of this from Mm -hmm. scratch, whatever, I like to think that that person or that God or whatever, they created everybody the same. Mm -hmm. And I mean, obviously, we are a little different. Everybody's different. But he's going to be okay with everybody's differences. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and just because you're different, you and I are different and because we have different beliefs doesn't mean that we're wrong. Yeah. Does not mean that there is a hell for you to go to. So all these people preaching that you're going to go to hell. I, I don't know if we should be touching this. We should. <laughs> if, it's, if it means something to you, you should talk about it. I just, it. I, I, it makes me really upset that people think that their God would send somebody to hell for being the way that they are. Yes. It makes me upset to think that because you're a little different and you have a different belief that you don't belong in this world or that you should be put into therapy to change who you are or put into whatever to change who you are. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's very, um, what's the word? Hypocritical? Yes, it's for sure that. It's also just outlandish to think that you know something about someone because of a preference. Right. Whatever it is, right? And I think I know what you're talking about, and I think we should talk about it. All right, have you ever experienced someone making you feel that way? First of all, has anyone said that to you? Has anyone ever judged you for being gay? Yeah. Yeah? I have an uncle who is totally against it. Really? And it, it hurt my feelings because I thought he was somebody that I could trust, I guess you can say. What is he against? Let's maybe clear that part up. He's He doesn't like the fact that I'm married to a woman. Mm-hmm. So he believes that I should have married a man and should have given this world a family and like the traditional stuff. Like, and he's, he's Catholic. Mm -hmm. So he's my mom's brother. Um, and I didn't even know that. Okay. So when I came out to my parents, my mom was really upset. My mom was like, I can't believe you. I can't believe that this is happening. Where did I go wrong? Like, she thought it was about her. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Mom, I'm sorry, but this is not about you. Yeah. You know, like, you didn't do anything wrong. It's not about you. It's just how it is. It's just who I am. 
And out of everybody, I had I would have never imagined that my grandma was going to be the one to be like, hey, you need to open up mm-hmm. your mind and take her in for who she is. She said that to your mom to and to your mom. family? Yeah. Yeah. So my mom was ready to kick me out. I was a junior in high school. And she was ready to kick me out. So let's get the timeline right. So you were a junior in high school. Mm-hmm. And so how long ago was that, would you say? Oh, shit. From today. That was 11 years ago. So 11 years ago is when all this has happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she wasn't very supportive? No. She... Okay, so see, I kind of messed up because I knew I was gay from like maybe fifth grade. But you're saying that's when you told her. Yeah. I came out to my parents... When I was a junior in high school. Mm-hmm. So when that all happened, my grandma was the one who to tell her, like, hey, if you don't take her in for who she is, you're going to lose a child. Yeah. she's You're going to kick her out. She's going to make her own life without you in it. And mm-hmm. then you're going to regret it later on down the road. So out of everybody, I was like, okay, this little old grandma was the one that opened my mom's eyes. Yeah. Right? So thinking that my grandma was the one to help me out, I was like, okay, maybe she's not so close-minded and maybe my aunts and uncles are not like my mom Mm -hmm. so when we had a little get together for my sister's my younger sister's graduation party he let his colors my uncle he was like he wouldn't say hi to ricky he wouldn't say hi to me like he would sit the furthest away from us he would like him and his wife would kind of like give us a stink eye kind of thing and just like and ricky was like okay so what's his deal and i'm like I don't know, like, maybe he's just not comfortable with it. And my mom showed him the door. My mom was like, you have an issue? That's fine, but you can go have an issue somewhere else. So this is, wait, when, so this is obviously when your mom became more cool with it? Yeah, So when was this? It's okay. (laughs) I want to make sure I have the timeline right. Right, so I came out to her when I was a junior. Okay. Um, My sister's four years younger than I am, Uh so when she graduated high school, my mom was the one that was, like, stepping up for us. With anybody who had an issue. So what do you think, before we jump into the uncle part, what do you think helped your mom be cool with it? Was it your grandma and she was like, you're right? Was it a warming up period? I think it was my grandma. Yeah. I think it was. I think it was her because my my mom and I have always had a really good relationship. Yeah. My mom, we've had, I had a really rough childhood and mom and I have always been really close. And this was the one thing that, that kind of pulled us apart. So it was the first thing in the history of you and your mom where she, you felt a disconnect a little bit. Yeah. And it sucked because I was like, okay, so I felt like I couldn't be myself. Yeah. I felt like, because I had already tried, like I said, I knew I was gay when I was like in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. I used to play house with my next door neighbor when I was a kid, you know, and she was a girl. Mm-hmm. So I knew all along when I was a freshman in high school i brought a boy home Mm -hmm. i was like this is my boyfriend like whatever you know but i knew all along that that's not what i wanted Mm -hmm. so i I feel like i kind of gave my mom false hopes thinking that i was gonna be a straight girl well i think that's part of that era right so i maybe don't call it that but i get what you're saying it helps me realize in reality what it is is there's this thing and I think our generation is going to fix it. I really do. I but hope, yeah. I think the generation before us, they're just doing what their parents did. Mm-hmm. Hence why when your grandma was cool with it, your mom was like, wait, 
maybe I should be cool with it. Yeah. And that's huge because her parents telling her it's okay to be this and she's doing it to you and right. you will do that for your kids one day or whoever, whoever, whether you adopt, have a kid, doesn't matter, Definitely. friends, whatever. And so it's like, that's a generational thing. But I think what it is, is like, it's a, it's a expectation. And I think as human beings, we need to learn that like, there is no one way to do something. Right. And if you're hurt, it's because of an expectation you had. What's more important? To just go look for someone to fill your expectation or to understand the people around you may not fill them and then change your expectations. Right. And so I think if I had to guess, there was like a, well, I thought I was going to get X, Y, and Z. Um, I don't understand these uh, A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like, of course I'm against it. But it's an understanding thing. I always think it's an ignorance thing when people say things like that. When people say hateful things, my first thought is never fuck that guy or fuck that girl. She's dumb. <laughs> you want to do that. And I never want to say it's never my first thought because there's some people that are so egregious where you're like, all right, that, that dude deserves to be beat up. Mostly, 90% of the time, I go, oh, they just don't know yet. Yeah. And so it's like when you approach it that way, you will be very surprised what people will, will do because it's it's okay to understand that people don't know. Right. So when someone's – I'll give you an exact story. And this is vulnerable for me because – and I've talked about tons of stuff in these podcasts, but this is part of one of the things that I went through. I have a really good friend named Raymond who's gay, and he was one of the first gay people that was my friend. And, um, I think I was 18 years old in Louisiana, gay people do not exist. I want to tell you this story. When, when when I say that, here's what I mean by that. They do exist, but the culture there is so crazy that if you're gay in Louisiana, or at least the part of the cities where I grew up in, you don't say it because it's such a rough neighborhood where I lived that you're just not allowed to be. And so that's just the culture. And so I didn't grow up around it. So I didn't understand it at all from movies which weren't very nice about it back in the day. Yeah. Music, hence the original or the early Eminem days, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. where he's yelling all these words he shouldn't be doing. I'm influenced by it, so I know those things as not to be okay. Right. Um, but here's what I do know is that I like people, and I, you know what I mean? And so essentially I was dating a girl. I moved in with her, and she said, hey, this is my roommate, and his name is his name is Raymond. And this guy to this day is one of my best friends. Um, and if he's listening, he's going to love this story because <laughs> he may even have forgot all the details. Um, but let me back that up real quick. Before I ever moved in with him, I worked at Pizza Hut and he would come and bring, he worked at Subway and he would bring sandwiches to this girl, Samantha. And this is before I was dating her. I ended up dating her. Okay. But we, at the time she was actually um, a, a manager there. And so he would come and bring her food and I'm like, who's that guy? And she was like, oh, he's my friend Raymond. And he, and I hope I say this kindly, looked gay. Like, and I hope that makes sense. Like, he was flamboyant. He had, like, this, uh, like, uh, Jimmy Neutron faux hawk thing going oh. on. Um, he, he, the way he talked, he wasn't, like, super flamboyant, but I'm like, oh, like, this is a gay guy. It was one of those things. And so I remember just, like, that was the way I operated. And so one day I wanted a sandwich from Subway uh-huh. because when you work at pizza, you eat a lot of pizza. Oh my gosh, and so I'm like, heaven. Yeah, well, you I think love, you would be. I love pizza. <laughs> but after a while, I was like, hey, I want something different. And so I told Samantha, I was like, hey, uh, tell your gay friend to bring me a sandwich. And she was like, like looked at me all weird because she knew it. They were friends. Right. And I was like, to me, I was like, why is that rude? Like, he's your friend. He's gay. And I want a fucking sandwich. <laughs> like, and what am I saying wrong here? <laughs> and then she acted weird about it. I'm like, whatever. And so I went to do pizzas. And she, uh, he came to bring her a sandwich. Um, and I forget his exact words, so I hope I'm not ruining it. But I guess she told him that. 
Uh, and I go, and I gave, oh, I gave her the sandwich I wanted to give to him. Uh-huh. And he showed up with just her sandwich. And he was like, I was like, hey, where's my sandwich? He was like, uh, well, this gay guy's name is Raymond and he's not bringing you sandwiches. Oh, or something. Shit. Like, like, he said something like, uh, well, well, Samantha's gay friend has a name and it's yeah. Raymond. And like, what the? Super sad. And I was like, what's his issue? Like, what do you mean? Like, yeah. why is that offensive? And then I realized like how later on in life, I obviously realized how ignorant that was. And I'm just like, whatever. Like, um. It, again, going back to the word ignorance, I just didn't know. Right. And so later on in life, we date. I end up moving in, and he's the roommate. She's like, "Oh, it's my roommate, Raymond." I'm like, "That's the the gay dude that wouldn't bring me a sandwich." And he would go, "My name is fucking Raymond." <laughs> like he would get like, <laughs> and it was funny because like, I knew I'm like, "Why is he so rude to me?" Like he seems cool. I'm cool. I know I'm cool. <laughs> like why is he not? Get, why are we not clicking here? And so, obviously, living together, we'd be in the kitchen sometimes or out in the patio. I'd smoke cigarettes a lot back then. Right. So, we'd be smoking. And I'm like, hey, man, like, what's what's going on, dude? And he's like, it's it's that, like, you're, you're labeling me as this thing that it's who I am, but it's not, like, I'm much more than that. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a human being. I'm a, You know what I mean? And I started, like, asking questions. Because I remember thinking, like, well, I'm not trying to offend you, so teach me. Mm-hmm. And he was one of the first people that was, like, teaching me the culture. Like, hey, man, like... We're all just people. Like, this is just how I feel. Like, I'm attracted mm-hmm. to guys. It doesn't mean, like, I'm attracted to you. You know right. what I mean? It doesn't mean that I want to make you feel uncomfortable. Like, even if I was, I would still treat you the same way you would treat a girl that was attractive that you want to feel comfortable. Right. And so it's like, I'm like, all right, well, that makes sense. Like, you know what I mean? Can I get that sandwich? Like, <laughs> <laughs> And we joke about this to this day, but he was one of the first people that taught me that. And he, little by little, like, by the end of it, we had grown such a close friendship that I'm like, man, like... It flipped, which is also wrong, and I would outrageously defend him okay. when I'm like, that's awesome. Like, anyone that was like, that dude, like, he said something, like, what do you mean? You're going to try to beat up my gay friend? <laughs> Fuck you. You must hate. Like, and I was overly protective. Okay. And then he would be like, hey, man. <laughs> we got to talk again. Like, that's also not okay. Like, and I'm like, what do you want from me, man? Like, do you... <laughs> But it's ignorance. I don't know. Yeah. And then he's like, dude, just treat me like you would treat a friend. Like, no matter what. Like, don't specifically defend me because I'm gay. Don't hate me because I'm gay. Just treat me as your friend Raymond. Yes. And I'm like, all right, fuck. Like, (laughs) but it took a long time. And this was years ago, Mm -hmm. years, over 10 years ago. And then we became really good friends and now we have a good relationship. And then now like it's my visions expanded. So when we, when I hear you talk about some of those things, it's a kindness thing. See, I could have been offended by him, but it was more of like, hey, I want to talk to him because I do think he's cool. What's going on here? And he educated me. He never right. once like yelled at me, told me I was wrong. But you wrong. were willing to learn. Yeah. So that's what it takes is for someone to understand. He could have been like, hey, as soon as she wants to move me in, I don't want this guy here. He, right. you know I mean? he could have been close too. Yeah. He was like, you know what? Fine. We'll figure it out. And um, that's the approach you should take when you meet people. Like, it's okay to not know. It's pretending to know that's the issue. Yeah. It's those people that say, hey... You're disappointing me. It's okay to go, hey, I don't understand this, but I want to. So bear with me, but let's spend a little time. Let me know what's going on. And I feel like that's the advantage of being so young. Mm -hmm. I I don't mean to call my uncle old or whatever, but I mean, I feel like he's stuck in his ways. Mm -hmm. And my mom could have been that way too. You know, my mom could have been stuck in her ways and they're not as willing to learn. Have you tried talking to him about it? Um, well, now, now it's not as bad. Mm-hmm. After my mom told him, these are my daughters. Yes, they're married. Yes, they're together. Whether you like it or not, they're going to be together. 
So I feel like that's the difference, though, when people put up with it because they know they have to, as opposed to accepting it. Right. So, so I, to be completely honest with you, I haven't had a conversation with him. Mm-hmm. I haven't sat down and been like, okay, what's your issue? Or let me, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the way Raymond did. Mm-hmm. I haven't done that. And yes, he says hi. Yes, he asks my mom how we're doing and like little things like that. So I don't like, I don't know if he's putting up with it. I don't know if he actually genuinely cares, mm-hmm. but I don't care. Do you think that you could approach a conversation like that with kindness? Like knowing that he might get upset or be judgy. Do you think that you can approach a conversation like that? accepting that he probably will and just being calm and going like, Hey, I'm just going to let him, I'm going to express my mind. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to yell at him or take anything he says personally, but I'm at least going to let him know how I feel about this and what I would like to it to be in the future. I don't think it's possible. Do you think he'll interrupt and be? Yes. Okay. I so, think he's very much one of those like Mexican machos mm-hmm. and unwilling to be, to listen. Well, so here's a cool experiment. Do it now. Um, what what would you say to him? Maybe he'll see the podcast one day. Maybe he won't. That's not why I want you to say it. Uh, but just so you have the satisfaction of being able to say it. If you could talk to him right now, what do you think you would tell him? Like, what do you, what would you want him to know? I would want him to know that I'm happy. I know it was something always big. Like, he always said that as a kid, I was a very happy kid or whatever. I am happy. I'm happy where I am now. I found the person who makes me happy. Mm-hmm. You know, um, she makes my world a better world. And regardless whether it was a male or a female, I wish he would have understood that. You know, and it just so happened that, that I'm happier with women. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm happier and I'm able to be myself. I'm able to. I don't This is hard because I don't know how I would explain it to him. I yeah. just, I would just, it boils down to me being happy with the woman that I'm with. Mm-hmm. It boils down to her making me happy, to her giving me what I need to be a better person, you know? Yeah. And regardless of what he thinks, I'm sorry that he feels offended. I'm sorry that he feels like I did him wrong in any way, but I'm not sorry for being who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm not sorry for being happy with who I'm happy with. And I don't know. I mean, I would probably leave it as an open-ended. Like, I mean, if there, he had any questions, I'd probably be more than willing to have a sit-down conversation with him. Yeah. You know? Um, but I don't know. I just, out of all of, my mom is one out of seven. And he is the only one that had issues. All of my aunts and uncles, like, they're very... Um, loving towards Ricky. They love mm-hmm. Ricky. They're always asking for her. This is crazy because I go home without Ricky and we go and visit my aunt and they're like, where's Ricky? And I'm like, hi, how are you? <laughs> nice to see you again. I exist too. Yes, I'm right here. But no, their first words are always, where's Ricky? Yeah. And I'm like, she's at home. She couldn't come. You know what I mean? But he is the only one that had an issue with it. You care a little bit more about that though, don't you? It sounds like you... Whether you want to admit it or not, it sounds like you care enough that it bothers you that he's the only one. He, he, okay, so out of all of my uncles, he's the least favorite, <laughs> so. Why um, do you think it matters then? Like, is it, I feel like it matters, did you guys have a good relationship before and that changed? I think. Or we, does it bother you just to know, hey, I have, she has all these siblings, six of them are in on it, 
but there's this one that's just kind of like lingering. Is it I more think, of that? I think what bothers me is the fact that he disrespected my wife. Okay. That's what bothers me. Well, that makes the total fact sense. that he was not man enough to shake her hand or say, "Hey, I'm so and so." I acknowledgement. You know what I mean? The fact that he refused to acknowledge who she is is what pisses me off. Yeah. Is what makes me angry. Like, he could push me aside. He could, like, you know, like, whatever. I'm cool with it. But don't disrespect my wife. You're very protective, aren't you? Yes. Yes. I am. I Yes, I am. And you do my wife wrong, and we're going to have issues. We, um... We talked when the, the other podcast hasn't even released yet, but me and Ricky had a conversation about, <laughs> oh, uh, no, 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 it was actually really cool. And I'm glad that we had the conversation. I think Ricky was really brave for having it, but she had mentioned that like, sometimes she gets confused as a guy and yes. that you oh. get upset about it. And so like the first thing I told her, I was like, all right, well, she has every right to get upset, which she agreed with too. I wasn't, mm-hmm. that wasn't like a thing. Um, but I do think you got to stop doing that because it doesn't solve anything. So the, here's the thing, though. Here, what, what's your uncle's first name? Do you care? Uh, Jesus. Jesus. So do you mind if I give Jesus some advice and no, I'll be kind? Because I think that, that this is going back to what I talked about, which is instead of getting upset, approach it from a place of kindness and understanding. And that's what it that's people will tend to understand it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Here would be my advice to Jesus. Is people, and I'm not, I'm going to skip all the generic parts where people right. deserve love and we're all this. Everyone has expectations on what they want to do in life. If I go to a restaurant, I have an expectation on how it's right. going to be. If I go to church, I have an expectation. If I meet a friend, if I work a job, if I go to a new hobby or join a new gym, I have an expectation. Right. Sometimes those expectations aren't real. A lot of the times that expectation's not real. Right. And that's okay. You cannot live your life trying to figure out what the other people around you can do better to make you feel better. If something bothers you, then something's wrong with you. This goes to anyone that's listening. I promise you this. This is always what it is. If something's going on, it's your reaction to it that's the issue. It's not the person. Because there's so many people, experiences, lives in the world, you can do anything else. So if something's bothering you so much that you can't even be cordial, then you need to reflect it yourself. So I would hope that Uncle Jesus looks at himself and just says, hey, what can I do to have a better relationship with this person? And if I can't do that, what can I do to be cordial to this person? And if I can't do that, then what can I do to stay away from this person? Because the last thing you need is someone lingering over you being a constant reminder of the things in this world that are unnice, right? And so that would be my advice to him is just... Who cares? If you don't understand it, take 10 minutes every single day. Five minutes if you don't have 10 minutes. And just do your best to do some research or ask questions or go, what can I do better to make the relationships I'm in better? Mm -hmm. And maybe he prioritizes some other ones first, and that's fine. But maybe he gets to you and he goes, what can I do to make this relationship better? That's on him. And if he never does that, I already know this about you. You guys are going to be just fine. Yeah. Um, but that would be my advice to him is just try to figure out what you can do and stop trying to figure out what everyone else can do to make you feel better because people are going to do what they want to do. And I'll give you a similar example about me. I have a buddy. It's similar metaphorically of, of that feeling. Mm-hmm. I have a buddy who dated this girl that everyone hated in my whole friend, <laughs> my, my group of friends. Um, he loved her, not just liked her, loved her okay. for multiple reasons that I won't go into because I don't. He might be on here one day and he can tell a story. Okay. He loved her. Everyone hated her. Rightfully so. She was not nice. <laughs> I knew she wasn't nice. He would break up with her. 
he would go see her and crazy stuff would happen. He would call me. He's like, dude, are you tried, I tried to run over, run over some dude she was with, with my car. The cops tried to arrest me, but then I was like, they let me go. And then that dude tried to call mom. Like, it's always this crazy. I'm like, oh. what? Dude, you got to <laughs> stop hanging out with this girl. Every time he's like, dude, I was there. And then like, I caught her texting a dude. So I'm like, fuck her. I called that dude. And I'm like, I got your girl. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. It was wild. And so we all knew because it came from a good place, we cared about him. And we we're like, everyone would encourage him not to do it to the point where he felt embarrassed, like to even talk about her because he's like, dude, everyone's going to, everyone's going to be embarrassed that I'm even talking to her because, and so essentially it was my roommate at one point mm-hmm. and he told me like, Hey, uh, I'm going to bring her over. Is that cool? And I was like, and I was probably the only one of our friends. I don't know for a fact, at least I feel I was. Uh-huh. I told him, hey, man, before she comes, let me just tell you something real quick. I don't know why you like this girl. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like, I don't think she's the best girl for you, but this is your life, dude. If you would do it without me, if you weren't living here and you would do it, then I want you to feel comfortable enough to do it with me because I want you to be a part of my life. You're my friend. Oh. Dude, br- I told him straight up, bring her around as much as you want, anytime you want. And whatever trouble you get into, I'll do my best to help you out of it. But I want you to, like, you don't have to hide something, you know what I mean? Right. And I think that's an important metaphor or moral that people should have. And I think I've told you guys that before at a bonfire, and I, I take this up with Laura. As much as I don't like something, if you would do it, if you were in a relationship, which that one's a friendship, right? Mm-hmm. But me and Laura are in a relationship. And if she wants to go buy a necklace that's way too much money and I think is stupid because I don't value jewelry the way she values it, I think, I, I don't think you should get it, but if you weren't with me, would you get the necklace? You would. Right. So why am I the reason you don't get it? Yeah. So if you should, if you could do it without me, I want you to be able to do it with me. And it's my job, the same way it's uncle's job, to figure that out and get over it. Right. Because it's, 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 here's what it builds is resentment. The it, little, it doesn't matter, right? Let's say I do say, don't buy that stupid, she doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really mean much to move on, but let's say I do that about everything. Right. Now we're 10 to 20 years into a relationship. She feels like she missed out on all this stuff because of me. This little tiny bit of resentment is now a giant a ball. ball of resentment. Yeah. And there's nothing I can do to fix it because it isn't one resentment. It's a million little resentments mm-hmm. that I let build up. And so now our relationship's over. Oh, no. And so it's like, <laughs> I don't want that to happen. And so just keep that, for anyone listening, always keep that in mind. Voice your opinion, because you should. I'm allowed to tell her, hey, I don't think you should be spending money on things that you may not wear a lot. Right. But if you get it, give me 10 hours to be upset, and I'll get over <laughs> it. Give me 24 hours, maybe, at the most. Yeah. Let me be upset, and then I'll get over it. I promise you I'll get over it, but you got to give me the time. And I do that with it. I go, hey, I don't like this. This is a stupid purchase. <laughs> Let me be mad for a little bit, but I promise I'll get over it. And that's my role to myself, my rule to myself. And then the next day, I go, we're over it. doesn't matter. She bought it. Why make her feel bad about it? Tell her it looks pretty. It does look pretty. Yeah. Move on. It's over. It. And so it's, I keep that with everything. And that's the advice that I would give and, and to anyone. But like it's like people are on their own paths and you mm-hmm. decide if they're in your life or not. And if someone's not in your life, they don't need to do anything different. You do. Right. And that's how I feel about it. Right. And I agree. I agree because, I mean, like I said, he's... It's not like I've had this grand relationship with him and it all of a sudden changed. But who's to say that we couldn't have developed a better relationship, you mm-hmm. know? And, but either way, I mean, he's cool with mom. He hasn't, like, pulled away completely from the family. Um, it doesn't matter. He comes around when he wants to. But I do tell mom, like, is he coming over? Mm-hmm. And she sometimes like, yeah, he is. And I'm like, all right, cool. We'll see you next weekend. You know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like, 
I am not going to subject my wife to something like that. Like, she doesn't care. She probably doesn't even give a shit. Mm -hmm. But I can stand somebody disrespecting her. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm not even going to put her in that position. Well, you should stand it. Mm -hmm. Let me explain it, though. Because let me unpack the idea real quick. Because I think it's awesome. And if you never change anything that you're doing, then you're doing just fine, right? Because I think there's something special about someone that's being protective. But I think you need to ask yourself, is this person going to change their life because of what I'm doing right now? So if someone assumes... And this is what me and Ricky identified. She knows it's a thing because it's been happening a lot. So I told her, if you know this happens, come up with something that you can do so that people understand that you're a girl. And Mm -hmm. then because if people get over that, people typically, minus a few weird people every now and then, will go like, hey, you're awesome. I'm so glad we got through that weird part where like I didn't even know how to address it. But And I'm not saying you do this. But if you're getting upset, like, she's a lady. Like, it just it just makes them go, like, what? And then they're overcompensating because maybe yeah. they didn't mean it. And then they go, well, and then they act weird. You sense it. You fire back. And there's this chaotic moment. Mm-hmm. So I, I try to get to a point where you do almost the same thing. You can be protective, for sure. You yeah. should be protective. But find a way to, like, gracefully do it. Okay. Um, because you're a graceful person. I can see you doing right. that. Yeah, just be like, um, she's a lady. It's okay. It happens all the time. Yeah. Um, not only is she a lady, she's the greatest lady. <laughs> like, you could do something, like, silly, like, funny. Right. I told Ricky that if someone tells her that, that she should, like, fuck with their head. And someone's like, if, if someone ever thinks that you're a boy, be like, yeah, my name's Frank. Like, <laughs> just kidding. It's Ricky. I'm a girl. Like, just like... <laughs> That way they know, like, oh, my God, you just cracked a joke, and now there's not this weird tension thing. Right. You know it's an issue, but you're obviously a girl, and I can start treating you like that. See, and Ricky could care less, or, like, couldn't care less. I think she cares more than she admitted in our podcast. You think so? I, here's the thing, is she can be, and we also talked about this on there, she is one of the coolest, greatest people I've ever met. I think she has a lot to bring to the table. She has really great conversations. She's super mm-hmm. insightful. She always sees the best. She's a listener. She's one of those people where you can have a conversation, and she says small little things that you're like, oh, she's listening. You ever talk to someone, and they like say something off the wall, and you're like, are you even fucking listening yeah. to me right now? She never does that. <laughs> so she has those things, and she's not the type of person that will go out and meet new people in awkward situations. Not that I want her to change who she is. If she never, right. Again, if she never changes, I'm completely cool with that. But I think that part of her knows that that could happen, uh-huh. and so she avoids it. And so she misses out on really great opportunities to meet some great people or have, like, a little bit. I, I think it's important for people like me and you to know this because it's not – and we don't go through that same thing. And I told her on the last podcast, which is true, when I was a kid – I know this is hard to believe – I had long hair up to my <laughs> shoulders. And I had a really high-pitched voice when I was 12. I wore these flowery shirts because the only shirts I could afford. It's like a Hawaiian shirt with flowers on it. <laughs> And I was like, hey, guys. Like, it was just like I had long hair, no facial hair. I had very feminine features. So I would get called a girl a lot. Uh-huh. And so, but I couldn't afford a haircut. And that's why my hair was long. It was nappy. So I looked like a dirty little girl. Oh. Um, and so when I would go to the shelters and stuff, like, I, one of the, like, staff members is like, hey, Miha, oh. Like, what do you want to eat? And I'm like, uh, I'm a boy. Like, <laughs> it's so, like, I obviously can't relate anymore because I have a way deeper voice. I have no right. hair. And, like, I have a beard. And so it's like, that's not an issue anymore. But I can, when Ricky says that, I can at least relate to that. Because I'm like, yeah, it didn't feel good. I didn't know what to say. I'm right. like, what well, does it matter? They're all going to think I'm this girl anyways. But I think it's important to own it. Because I knew they were going to do it. I knew I was going to get confused as a girl. So I would start just having fun with it. <laughs> and I'm like, well, if you want a little sister that's a boy, that's cool. Otherwise, I'm Will. Nice to meet you. 
And I would just own it. And they would go, they would laugh, kind of like you're doing, and then it's fine. Like, not only do they not get the weird, awkwardy part, they go like, oh, like, this guy has a sense of humor. Right. Uh, if Ricky did it, this girl has a sense of humor. Like, I think I would like, that's cool. Now I don't have to get past this weird part where we're both trying to like figure out who's apologizing. Yes. Okay. And so, I like, see that. And I think as her partner, that you could do that, too, instead of keep the same morals, which is like, hey, I'm going to say something, mm-hmm. but maybe make it funny. Um, or graceful. Yeah. That way you're just like, hey, like it's all good. This, all is, good. this is my girl. And this is my wife. It's my, do you ever say it's my girl? No. What do you guys, how do you guys reference each other? As wife a lot for sure. Yeah. 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 I don't think I've ever addressed her as anything else. I stopped saying girl a while back. I, I say it every now and then. Did, but yeah. Like this is, did I you like ever say this f- is my Heine? My Heine? <laughs> Gross. Don't say that. I, I probably will never. <laughs> I, do, I do like saying fiance. Yes, I think that's it feels a, good. You know, Ricky was my fiance for like about a week, <laughs> <laughs> and then she became my wife. You know, mm-hmm. so I never got to use that word, but yeah, whenever anybody asks, and it's it's so I don't know, I don't even think twice about it anymore because whenever I start a new job or mm-hmm. whatever, or like meet new people, like it comes so naturally. This is my wife, or like my wife Ricky, or mm-hmm. my wife and I. You know, and then people are kind of like, I have a wife, yeah, and but then. I don't care. Like, I used to, like, kind of... Like, we've never liked the word partner. Yeah, I hate that, too. I'm glad that you guys don't do that. Yeah, no, fuck that. Where did that start from? Because you know what's funny is straight people do that sometimes. And I think that's even weirder. It is weird. It's specifically when a guy does it, it makes me feel like the guy doesn't see the girl as his wife. As his wife? Yeah, I'm like, like, your partner? Like, what, are you guys running a business together or something? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, are you committing a crime together? Like, your partner... You know what I mean? It's a like, weird phrase, yeah, though. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't like that. And she doesn't either, I don't think. And... I have never addressed, and I will never address her as my partner. Like, it's weird. I don't... Yeah. Well, I think that it came up... If I had to guess, it came from a place like, how do I let someone know that I'm with another person without saying that? That we're And so they're like, partner, or my significant other. Which, again, gets used by straight people, too, which Mm -hmm. is super confusing. (laughs) Um, I also hate my old lady. Does that mean mom or or wife? I think it's a biker thing. I've heard people use it both ways, though. Or my old man. Like, when girls say that, I'm like, my old, are you talking about your dad? Is it a grandpa? Is it your husband? Like, what are you doing? Like, why are we saying this? Can you just clear shit up? I'm confused here. Yeah. I hate that. But I I think that it is what it is. And if people don't get it, um, that's their job to figure it out. You know, like, my little sister, she's half white, half black. But I don't introduce, like, hey, this is my black sister. Yeah, no. I go, this is my sister. And they give me the eyes, like, oh, like, your sister or your sister. Like, they they do. We get looks, but I don't don't ever address it. I say, this is my sister, Kaylee. And I let it go. And people figure it out eventually. Or sometimes people do, like, hey, like, is that, like, your sister, sister? Like, are you guys, like, related? Or is it your friend? You know what I mean? Like, they never get it. But it's always funny because it's this awkward thing where people go, like, oh, Oh, cool, I guess. What's going on here? And I, I just don't even address it. I'm like, yeah. th- th- she is my sister. Right. So and I'm introducing her as my sister, and you figure the rest out. Yeah. Yes. And so that's, I like that you say your wife, because they could figure all the other stuff yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, matter. if they have questions, you can ask. Yeah. Like, at work now, I feel like I work with, a, I mean, first of all, I work with a bunch of girls, and they have very, like, Hispanic upbringings. Mm-hmm. And when I brought up the fact that I have a wife, like, I swear, like, we were having a conversation, like, nothing, everybody was chiming in. So, yeah, my wife and I, and I don't even remember what we were talking about, but that the room went silent, and I'm like, oh, fuck, here we go. No, I gotta address this like, shit. Like, now I have to say something. And then, well, okay, so the girls up front, they all knew. Mm-hmm. The technicians did, didn't really know, that those are the ones I'm saying that have, like, a, like a Hispanic upbringing. 
So one of the front desk girls was like, so yes, she has a wife and we're all aware. <laughs> <laughs> and the technicians were like, okay, cool. Like, and now they, I don't know if they're trying to be cool about it or I don't know, but they say little shit here and they're like, well, Sessie doesn't have to worry about birth control. So I don't even know if we should bring her into this conversation. Ooh. And I'm just like, Ugh, okay, like whatever. I mean, first of all, I wasn't even listening to your conversation. Second of all, <laughs> do you take it? Do you, does that offend you though? No, not no. necessarily. Because it's kind uh, of funny, but it is rude. Like it's, it yeah, could be both, right? Like I, I don't know if they're trying to. They can't relate, obviously, but I don't know if they're trying to just like make me aware that they're aware. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it could be innocent. I think people don't know what to do with the info yet. I do this. This is something that I'm commonly faced with because I'm a jokester. Okay. And I joke about it a lot because I, I have grown up multicultural in different foster mm-hmm. homes. I have friends that are gay, straight. I have uh, a sibling that's transgender. I don't know if I've even told you that. No. Um, yes. And so the, oh. these are like things that like I'm pretty well, like I have a well, lot of yeah. parts of my life. So I think that I can just joke about whatever the fuck I want, which isn't <laughs> true. Like if I were to make that comment that that lady made, it may feel different coming from me. Because you know me right. and you know where I stand, yeah. it feels like an actual joke. So I struggle with that because I joke so much that I have to remember, like, all right, not everyone knows me. Like, so, like, I need to understand boundaries before I do that. Right. It's really hard for me because I would like to live in a world where we joke about stuff. Because I grew up in a predominantly black community when I was in Louisiana, mm-hmm. predominantly Hispanic community growing up here. Right. And so I've always felt. Like I was part of those groups. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what it feels like to be in a majority white situation. I don't know what it's like for the other people in that room or that city or whatever it is. And so I am at this place where I got to say whatever I want because I was outnumbered. If I made a black joke, I was outnumbered by black people. (laughs) They knew like this guy's not that dumb. Like he's obviously joking. (laughs) Same thing with Hispanics. Same thing with gay people, transgender, whatever it is. And so whatever the the situation is. um, But I do need to kind of hone in sometimes and go like, hey, like. I don't, not everyone's going to understand that this is a joke. Right. But I would like to live in a place where I get to make a joke like that. And then it's like, people go like, ha ha, like knowing that it's a joke. And not take it to heart and like get offended by it. And it's okay to educate. If someone makes a joke and they don't know, laugh if it is funny and then go like, hey, but just so you know, like, you know, it's not a real thing. Right. And maybe they go like, yes. Oh, then you're done. But maybe they go, wait, what? And you go, oh, well, let me educate you. You know what I mean? And then you can just do that. But I try to understand people because I I think people just repeat things that they think Mm -hmm. is a cool thing. And it's like if maybe no one's ever told them. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just like I think you're onto something about just joking. Yeah. And I feel like that's a very good way to just get a conversation started sometimes. Is to kind of joke about it? Yeah. Yeah. That's like, the best way, I think. I feel like it kind of just breaks the ice and it gets the conversation going. But, like, with the, the girls at work, I don't take it. So, there was this girl who was, like, always talking about her boyfriend and talking about... And she's like, it doesn't bother you, does it? And I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, <laughs> I'm sitting there and I'm like... I don't hate men. Does not bother me? I just like girls. Yeah, that's funny. How does that like? She's like, well, I mean, I'm always talking about my boyfriend and stuff, and I'm just like, well, why would it bother me? Like, what's? Did you feel more offended that she asked that? Yes. Yes, that is kind of weird. Actually, like, like, did you want me to sit here and be like, don't talk about men? 
did I, I don't I couldn't understand where she was coming from. What would be a better way to acknowledge that without like if I was in a room drinking with four friends and one of them's in recovery and doesn't drink, like I would I would go like, Hey, is it weird that we're drinking around you? Like Maybe they get offended, like, what, I'm not one of the guys, you know what I mean? Yeah. What do you think would be a better way in your situation or the one that I made up, like, to acknowledge? Because you want to acknowledge, hey, I, I care enough to ask because I want you to be comfortable. Right. But I also don't want you to feel like that's a, like, a deciding factor. Right. I just, I don't feel like I have ever given them a reason to be like, you can't talk about it. Or you can't talk about your boyfriends or, mm-hmm. or getting pregnant or whatever. Like, I'm cool with it. Like, yeah. you know, I could... I'm excited for you for whatever you're doing. Like, I don't really know you, so I really don't care. <laughs> so Maybe that was part of the issue. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be in this conversation I, at all. And at work, I, I feel like I can give off that vibe because, like, I care enough to have a conversation with the people that I want to have a conversation with. But if I'm not interested in you or what you bring to the table, mm-hmm. I won't make a conversation with you. I think that's fair. And... I, I don't like to play nice. I don't like to be fake to people. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I'm not interested, and I don't know, people from work are going to watch this shit, and they're going to think, like, this bitch. But, I knew. I knew it. She was never <laughs> interested in me. You know, so. No, they probably will never watch it. And even if they did, you're talking a truth. I just. Yeah. I mean, with her bringing it up, I don't think there was an issue. I just wish she hadn't. She didn't say anything. Like, there was no need. There's no, yeah, yeah, you could just tell the conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's again an education ignorance thing where it's like, now if you told her that and then she kept doing it, you're like, what do I gotta do to yeah, get you to stop exactly. doing this? And so that, that would but be then, hard. But. but then that would like call for a whole different conversation or whatever. But I haven't had a, like any issues to where like, please stop talking about men in front of me. You know? Like, yeah. Um, I don't, does that happen, do you think? Do you know of anyone in the gay community that's like, oh my god, if one more person brings up a dude, I'm going to lose my shit? I don't think so. No? I mean, not the people that we hang around with. I mean, granted, we don't hang around with very many people, much less lesbians. Like, we don't hang yeah. out with yeah. anybody. But I don't think so. I don't feel like I've ever run into somebody that's like, please, just stop talking about the dick. No. Like, <laughs> it's just not. I bet that happens. Probably not a lot. <laughs> but I have, a, I have a weird feeling that there's someone out there just being a little dramatic. Because here's the reason why. People are dramatic, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's not that weird to think that there's someone out there that's being a little bit dramatic that's also gay. Because there's straight people that are a little bit dramatic. But the issue there is like, who, like... You can be something. There's another little tip for your uncle. I hope he listens to this whole thing. <laughs> I hope so. You can he be subtitles though. He you can it. be a bad person and be straight. You can be gay and be a bad person. And I think that people are scared sometimes for protected groups to just go like, "Hey, you're not a good person," like because it's assumed that you don't like them for who they are. Right. Which maybe it is, and if you are that person, then you are wrong. But I, being completely honest, I've met. At least one person of every race, sexual preference that I didn't like. I've met gay people. I'm like, that guy's stupid. And I met a straight person. I'm like, that guy's stupid. I met a black person that was stupid. I met mm-hmm. a white person that was stupid. I met some black people that were awesome. I, mean, I met some white people that are awesome. Yeah. But I genuinely, if I don't like you, it's not going to be because of any preconceived notion. It's going to be because you're just not a nice person. Right. Legitimate reasons. And so 
what Uncle Jesus needs to know <laughs> is if you are acting like a shitty person or you're doing something wrong, he can still talk about that without bringing up the fact that you have a wife. Right. Like you're allowed to go, hey, I don't like this. Or, hey, I do like this. Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter. Let's say in a different universe you are straight and you're married to a guy and that guy's abusive and you're kind oh, of abusive DJ. back. Like, do you think he would complain about that? Maybe. Maybe he would, right? Or maybe well, he wouldn't. I mean, I would hope. You would hope that someone goes, like, you're in a bad relationship. And then it's like, what do I got to do? Like, yeah. who do I got to be with? If I'm happy, like, but it has to be your, like, whatever. That's crazy. Yeah. But people, it's okay to hate someone for the their actions. Right. Regardless of who they are. And so, and it's okay to be like, I don't click with that person. Like, I think people are scared of that. They feel the obligation to, like, click with people because they know it's a protected group, society-wise, right? Yeah. And so it's like, but that's not true. Just like people or hate people. But just do it all in a group. Like, (laughs) all these idiots need to be in one group. And so that's how I feel about it. Yeah. I don't... I feel like I like most of the people that I encounter. Yeah. There's very few people that I could say, like, genuinely, I do not like that person. Like, I don't bring to, him around. Like, I used to have this manager when we lived in San Antonio. Uh-huh. I worked at Yard House. And this new manager, and I came home and I told Ricky, I was like, this, there's this new manager. I don't know how I feel about him. And she's like, well, what do you mean? I was like, I don't know. I get this weird vibe. And then she's like, well, I don't know. Like, what does he do? And I'm like, well, I don't know. But he just, if I were a dog, I would be constantly barking at the guy. <laughs> like, that's how I feel. Like, if, you know how dogs can sense, sense some yeah, stuff. they yeah. sense things and stuff. So, like, if I were a dog, I'd be barking up this dude, like, Not all day. Stop. And she's like, okay, I get it. And I didn't have to explain it any further for her mm-hmm. to understand it. So. Some people just aren't good people. Yeah, it's just. Yeah. I don't, I didn't like him. And I think about that guy now and I'm just like, ugh. But it's very far and few between. I can't think of anybody else that. I have that feeling towards. Well, probably because you're the type of person that doesn't tolerate that. That's obvious, right? Yeah. When you talk about that stuff. <laughs> so it's like if you're if you're that person, you're just not around. Right. And if you are that person and you are around, it's because I just met you mm-hmm. and I have a chance to kick you out yet. <laughs> um, but no, I can see that. That's human nature. That's what we should all have. I, I don't have room in my life to have people around that are doing stuff like that. No. I do have room in my heart to talk to them about it if they ask me questions or to be patient enough to like see the best parts of a person. But... If I had to choose, I'm not going to bring people around that may do that stuff. Right. Because I'd much rather everyone get along. Yeah. Uh, I have a lot of friends, like a lot of friends that none of them are best friends. Some of them are best friends, but a lot of them are just friends and they Mm -hmm. serve different purposes. I have a really funny friend that I know, like, I can't have a serious conversation with this person, but if I need to laugh, this guy's got me. Then I have a friend that's really serious and this Mm -hmm. guy's got me. And I have a friend that, like... Um, we'll own, like, no matter, like, he's not picky on where we go. So I can go, dude, we're going to this bar in Hatch. Like, <laughs> which nobody goes to Hatch. He'd be like, fuck it, I'm in. You know what I mean? Like, you know, some friends are like, I don't, I don't fucking go there because that's, there's too many cowboys at, oh my at, uh, Whiskey Dicks. And so I don't like that. And it's like, dude, can you just have fun? Like, can you just go out, like, no matter what? So I have a friend that's picky and I have a friend that does anything. So if I'm trying to go out to a weird place, I'm calling the friend that does anything. <laughs> and so it's like I have a good support system of different types of people that yeah. are willing to do different you, things. I mean, I, that's what I gather from your birthday party because... Everyone was really different. You know yeah. how everyone kind of clicked up? Yeah. But then it, everyone, like, everyone had their little groups. But then as soon, <laughs> as soon as you started saying it, everybody just came together and we're like, all right, what does we'll have to say? 
I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot I because it, it reminded cool. me about how many friends I have. And it's like they're not all like immediately here all the time kind of friends. But like I have a lot of people that would get up and do something if I asked yeah. them to. And so I enjoy that. I think part of it is, is work ethic. I worked really hard to appeal to multiple types of people. Mm-hmm. And if you look around my birthday party, there was every different orientation, age, um, gender. Like yeah. everyone was different. Race. Like all kinds of I stuff. I thought it was really neat. I went home that night and I was like, I was like, I want to grow up and be like Will. Cause Aww. <laughs> I was like, Will has a lot of, and I don't want to say like, like they're all friends that care enough yeah. to make this happen for you, you know? Cause like Laura has, been, I mean, from what I know, she's been working really hard to get to this surprise party. Oh, she worked her ass and off for that. It takes everybody to be in on it, you know? Mm-hmm. So you have to have people that care enough to want to make it work for you. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And so I I was amazed by that. I always give Laura a lot of credit for that because I suck at stuff like that. She killed it. She was working her ass off she for months before awesome. that even happened. She was great. And Laura, she looked fucking phenomenal, too. She did. She looked great. She looked great. And I'm sorry to say this if it bothered you, but... <laughs> what? She looked... <laughs> she I'm like looked... the girl at your work. <laughs> it's weird that you're even talking about this in front of me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, she looked great. And that pozole... That's was pretty good. I didn't eat point. it till the next day. I was so I was so excited, and I get so um, I feel like I need to entertain everyone, and so I'm moving around. Mm-hmm. That at the end of the night, I was like, I didn't really spend time with anyone. I spent moments with everyone. Yeah, but which it, is what you kind of have to do. Yeah, and no one took it personally, but yeah. I do. I wake up like, God damn it, because I feel like people deserve like my full attention. No, but I mean, you were the center of attention, and there was a lot of people that required your attention. So, and surprisingly, as so people, I actually don't enjoy that. You would think that someone that's as talkative as me, mm. I don't ever like to be the center of attention. I maybe want to be entertained and engaged in my group. Yeah. But, like, I, I never want to be that person. So it felt weird for me. But you did really well. Thank you. I and I liked it. It was really fun. You know, walking around with that little dude giving out shots. Yeah, the the, the trophy. <laughs> yes. uh, my buddy, uh, for the people listening, my buddy Tony bought me a, it looked like a trophy. But you unscrew it and you can pour liquor in there. We poured Patron. And then you screw it back on. And then the way you get the alcohol out is you squish the head <laughs> and it shoots out of his wiener. And so I was just, <laughs> I was running around the house just shooting shots you know, of Patron were, from this, this you wiener trophy. Walked up up to, you walked up to me with that thing and I was like, you're like, you ready? And I was like, no. That was the key is no matter what you said, I was like doing it anyways. <laughs> so everyone was like that, by the way. I was like, what are you doing? The reason why I did that, by the way, is every year on my birthday, everyone... Tr- when it's your birthday, I was like, dude, take a shot of me, yeah. take a shot of me. I always get way too drunk, and I didn't want to do that. <laughs> and so, really sneakily, and everyone who's at that party listening to this, like, damn, he did do this. Yeah. What I started doing is giving everyone shots, so it seemed like I was taking shots with everyone, but actually wasn't. I had, like, two or three shots that whole night. Look at you. Because I was walking around like, dude, it's my birthday, open up, <laughs> woo, yeah, hell yeah, you too, woo. And I run to the next group, and so, like, damn, they're like, damn, me and Will are partying. <laughs> no, you guys are partying. Yeah. I was just giving everyone liquor. It was interesting. I was, you seriously walked up and I was like, what is that thing? I was like, okay, fuck it. It's Will's birthday. Let's do this. Just do it. Everyone did it. And then Lloyd was in town. It was fun. I, I like knowing that I have the solid group of friends like that. And, mm-hmm. and it makes me feel good. It's a family I never had. And 
I enjoy where I'm at at life now and, and I enjoy meeting new people and I enjoy these moments right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is one of those cool moments. We kind of talked about this when we first started, but isn't it kind of, or before we started, like this, there isn't another scenario where me and you get to have a conversation yeah. like this. And so it, there's something special. I think in the future I would like to do when I have more space and more equipment, three people. Yeah. Um, but just as an experiment, if it feels off, I probably will go back to one-on-one. Right. Uh, but it's just like, there's something different where you get to kind of like, dissect and dive into things yeah. a little bit better don't it you is think? different yeah because we did mention it before we started because i feel like as a group like when you say you're with laura and us mm-hmm. like ricky and i i feel like there are things that i mean no matter how comfortable you are there's always going to be something that you kind of don't want to say in front of them yeah or you, yeah you just say it differently it, it's yeah. almost like uh do you act differently in front of your parents no no you act the same Mm-hmm. I act differently. First of all, they're not my biological parents; they're my adoptive parents, but they are religious, um, and they—I maybe they don't care. Maybe mm-hmm. I can just do whatever, but I definitely don't cuss around them. If I do, it's—it's no. it's like I don't get in trouble, but I feel the need to not cuss. I feel the need to not say my full opinion because I don't okay. know how they feel about it. Um, I, I wish that I did it. Yeah. That's part of the reason why I like hanging out with Ricky's mom because I feel like I oh can do gosh, whatever she's I want. A blast. Yes. And so like, I, but honestly around my parents, I act differently, but it has not, people that hear that has nothing to do with will isn't authentic. It has everything to do with the fact that I respect other people. That's what I was going to say. It's respect. Yes. It's me going, Hey, I get this from my friends. I get all this attention from Laura and and the people around me. I can give you the part where I behave a little bit. Right. I don't want to cross your boundaries. See, and with my parents, I like to think that I'm not any different. Uh I mean, yes, of course I try to cut down on the cussing because i mean definitely it's a respect thing yeah but i think for the most part we're really comfortable and we don't really censor ourselves mm-hmm. but you're right hanging out with ricky's mom is a completely different story because she's so great and she's so open-minded about everything she doesn't give a fuck yeah i feel like i can talk to her about anything or at least in a group setting too like you could just bring up a topic and she would go what like (laughs) explain that shit yeah and she's willing to listen you know that's that's something that is to admire too because like like you said she doesn't understand something she will sit there and listen to what you have to say before she like jumps down your throat and like tells you what she thinks Mm mm-hmm so. It's good to have info. I, I I do that sometimes where I jump the gun a bit. But I, you ever say something and then the person goes, oh, that's not what I meant at all. And mm-hmm. then you go, oh. And then, <laughs> and then you got to listen again. <laughs> and you're like, damn it, I just spoke for a long ass time about that. Yeah, you vent your whole emotions and you're like, they tell you that's not even where I was going. You're like, oh shit, I should probably listen I the do first that time. a lot. <laughs> and so I at least, I, I try to ask clarifying questions. Wait, what happened? And I repeat it back. So you're saying that you feel like this? Okay, now let me tell you what I think. And so, like, I'm getting better at that, but I think we all, like, it's a society, we kind of, like, we we shut things off that we don't enjoy. And if you're saying something that makes me feel uncomfortable, then I tend to focus on that and I forget the following words. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important to be present in a conversation and try to decipher and dissect what parts of this do I understand. And I know it's hard. You don't just go out and do that. But right. if you make the effort to, you'll get a little better at it. Yeah. And then you make more friends and people I enjoy you. I think that's you. why you have such a wide variety of friends. I think so too. I also used to sell weed a long time ago, and uh, and I I was like I'm like business oriented. This is like when I was in high school. Um, I was like I moved out of my my home and I was trying to make bills. And I was like I'm gonna sell weed to make bills. How do I sell the most weed? 
you got to know different people. Yeah. And so I started, I'm like, all right, I got to get really close to those gothic kids <laughs> because they buy weed. And then I got to get really cool to the skater kids, which there is a difference. Don't oh. confuse those two. And then, like, I, there's the theater kids. And this is all in high school. I got to get close to them. And then there's the basketball players. I'm already close to them. I know them. There's the nerdy kids. There's the kids that all, <laughs> there's, and it's funny, within those cliques, there's even smaller cliques. Like in the basketball community, there was the basketball team. And then there was the kids that didn't make the team that played basketball outside. Yes. Yes. Okay, and so there's I like, see. so within those groups, I was like, all right, I got to get cool. And so I would, I would conform and kind of like talk to the track team and I would talk to the cheerleaders and the dancers and, and then, and I would sell them all weed. <laughs> <laughs> and I was Not like, in school. and I was the only <laughs> weed dealer that would accept change. Like people would always, this is back when people would buy nickels and dimes. That's how long ago this was. And they would go, let me get a nickel. And they would try to, like, pay me in, like, quarters and stuff. <laughs> and people would get mad. Like, dude, I ain't, I'm fucking, give me, go get a five. Call, people, some dealers would say that. I yeah. hate referring to myself as a dealer. <laughs> um, but they would go, like, nah, come back when you have at least ones. And, like, me, I'm like, I don't care. Count that shot in front of me, I'm taking it. <laughs> because I know how it works. I want your yeah. money now. So I have a bunch of stuff. But I think that's where I got it. Like, not the only place, but I definitely remember thinking, like, I got to be friends with everyone because everyone buys weed. Yeah. And so if I don't, if they're not buying it for me, they're going to buy it from someone else. So I got really good at That's like. That's a pretty good mindset. Yeah. But just don't sell weed. That's <laughs> my, if people are listening, I'll just sell weed. No. <laughs> but try to understand the person you're with. Don't you think you would make more friends if you knew more stuff? If you yeah. knew more about bowlers, like you people that go to bowling leagues and they're all into it and stuff like that. The next, like if you like, if you met someone that was into bowling, like you would be way more involved in that conversation. Have you ever watched a documentary about something or whatever? And then you meet someone that brings it up. And you're like, dude, I just fucking yeah. saw something about that. Like, dude, that's crazy. It and like, so, it's you become neat. more involved and you make a better friend. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it definitely opens up, like, further conversations. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And then it brings up your common interests. I think so. I think it's a good idea. Like, Sports is a big one, right? When, like, someone, like, if you're meeting someone and you are a sports fan... And someone's like, oh, I'm like, where are you from? And like, I'm from Chicago. Oh, you're a Bulls fan. Like, oh, I love the Bulls. Like, oh, Michael Jordan. Like, yeah. what do you think of Derrick Rose when he when he tore his ACL? Like, it just That's opens up. this conversation because you associate things with them based off where they're at mm -hmm. because you know about those things. Sports is an easy one because there's almost some team in every it's city. So universal, right. But if you did your best to understand more different types of people, a.k.a. people maybe in recovery, substance abuse, people that are gay, people that have... Uh, people that live in poor neighborhoods, people that live in rich neighborhoods, people that are into dance, whatever it is. Yeah. Like you can start learning a little bit. And then when you meet someone, you have something to talk about. Mm -hmm. and as opposed to if someone came and talked about something I have nothing to know about. Like I know nothing. I'm like, all right, like, bye. Like I'm just going to leave. <laughs> but if someone comes up to me because I've talked to so many different people, like if someone were to come up to me like, oh, uh, I'm Muslim. I read the Quran. That's what I believe. I would go, hey, is it true if you jerk <laughs> off, like you're going to lose part of yourself? Like I, and then they go, what? Yeah. And I go, dude, I met these Muslim people and they were telling me if you jerk off, like you lose part of who you are as a human. <laughs> like it gives, and they go, what are you talking about? Or yeah. maybe Maybe they go, yeah, that's exactly what we feel. Let me go further into But we now yeah. have something because yeah. I now know because I've expanded my mind to know all these things. Definitely. Yeah. I think it's pretty cool. And I think people should go in when they go to when they go and get food. I always say that. That's my advice. To anyone that's feeling lonely, depressed, or doesn't feel like they can make a friend, or if you're single and you don't feel like you can meet someone, go places. Everywhere. Even small things like picking up food. Uh -huh. If you're going to Taco Bell, don't go to the drive-thru. Park and walk in. 
get your food and walk to your car. These are all just small little opportunities that you can run into someone or have a weird interaction that's not to a talking box. You know what I mean? Like you got to be around people. Yeah. So when you go out, do that. When you go to Walmart, park far, walk inside, uh, whatever it is. Like if you have an opportunity to be engaged with someone, if you have a free day and no one wants to hang out, like, do I stay home and play Xbox because I enjoy that? Maybe for an hour or two, but then go out somewhere. Maybe maybe when way. you post up that you're out and about, people are like, where are you at? And they'll kind of hang out with you. Or maybe you'll meet people there. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to put yourself in positions where you have the opportunity to meet someone. Right. Yeah. I never thought about it that way. No? We were just talking about how awkward we are with meeting new people. I don't know when Ricky was here if she brought it up that we have one of my coworkers staying with she, us. Tells a very funny story about that, by the way, that I don't want to ruin because you should watch it. It comes out Tuesday. Man, I, you know, I, I guess it's because we've lived together for such a long time that I never really realized it, but my wife can be a little creepy and she can be a little Did like... Did she talk to you? She was here two days ago. Did uh-huh. she talk to you after that podcast? Not very much because okay. when she got home that night, I was already asleep. And then the, the morning after, which was yesterday morning, uh-huh. we when to work or whatever so we haven't really talked about it we can talk about it because by the time this one with me and you comes out that one will already be out so she was pretty much telling me a really funny interaction where she (laughs) joked like where she locked the door yes i thought that was hilarious uh, i i didn't know how to and then she put on a murder show and i was like ricky like tell me you like laughed or said like just kidding at the end she's like i think i did like that's a huge important part Oh, just throwing in the just kidding would have been great. But yeah, so we have one of my coworkers that's staying with us. Um, it, it it was it came out of nowhere. So like Ricky was really open about it. Yeah. Which I fucking love her for it because. Was it a, your friend that needed a place to stay? Yes. Yes. So she she's a coworker. She's my friend. Um, she's going through a rough time, but she needed a place to stay. And I'm like, OK, so we have a house. We have an extra room. I mean, of course, she can come over and stay, right? Mm -hmm. And Ricky was never like, no, she can't come over. Like, they have never really met one another. But she was always like, yeah, if we have the room, she can come stay. She needs a place to stay. We're here. Just let her know. So, like, I did. I was like, hey, so we're cool with it. Come stay over at the house if you need some time away from your house, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But (laughs) had I known it was going to be this awkward. Has it gotten better? Yes. I well it's supposed to be awkward. They don't really know each other. Right. I don't know, it's just but I feel like I'm even awkward. Have you guys done stuff as the three of you? Like as a household? No, because it's only been a week. Yes. Well, so maybe you guys should. Maybe well, this we weekend have dinner something. together. Why don't you invite her to the fights? Uh, she's maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Well just something where they have where she has the opportunity to see like the sides of people yeah. without being the person doing the interacting. I feel like she's well she's I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, but she's going through a breakup. So it's kinda like she's in that mode where So she's already emotionally in a weird yes, place. Regardless. She's already like in her own head. She doesn't want to very have very much interaction, but Ricky, Ricky, I'm telling you, Ricky's so fucking great. Like, she, um, it turns out that, well, we work together, but there's times when I travel to different offices. Mm -hmm. Like, this Wednesday, I was in TRC, and she told me, she's like, so if your friend needs a ride, let me know, and I'll go pick her up if you are not back yet. That's really cool. So that was the night that she was here. 
inn or the night oh, before. Oh, she did say that. She was the one who picked her up to bring her to the house the first time. Right. Yes. So. Which is kind of awkward. It, it, it is kind of <laughs> awkward. It is kind of. But the simple fact. I know how much it takes for Ricky to put herself out there. Yeah. Which is why I, I appreciate her so fucking much. You know, mm-hmm. like the fact that she did it. And I didn't even have to ask her. Yeah. Like, it blows my mind. But anyway, so she says that. She's like, I was sitting there watching this murder show. And I told her that, <laughs> that this is how I watch. I watched this because I curved my craving for killing people myself. <laughs> she said that? She didn't tell me that. Or maybe she did and I forgot. <laughs> Shit. That's so, hilarious. Okay, so mind you, she's already offered her water. She's already offered her food. And she's not having any of it. She's like, no, okay. <laughs> like, you know, she's just sitting there. And then Ricky starts playing this. And then she's like, you watch this for fun? And she's like, yeah, this is how I crave my, my curve, curve my, my craving. craving. For murder. And then she says that she looked over at her and she was like, what? <laughs> First of all, if I was that girl, I'd be like, this is the greatest house I could ever move into. <laughs> Because I think that's that's exactly what I would do. We have very similar senses of humor, me and Nikki, Oh, yeah. Because when she told me that, I laughed. And she was like, oh, no. She did not think no, it was funny. And I was did. like, oh, my God. That's so funny. She did not. Th- okay, but maybe because you know Ricky. I don't know. Even if I did it. If someone told me that, I'd be like, what? Like, my first thing to see, we're like, are you kidding? But then when I figured out that they were kidding, I'd be like, that is hilarious. Because that's my type of sense of humor. Right. When people tell me a joke, but they don't laugh. Like, when they go... They say something like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just jump off the bridge. Like like when they're saying it all serious, I just think that kind of thing's funny. Cause it's I'm even, like, yeah, I, well, you know, it could be even funnier. But she didn't take it as a joke. So she's sitting there and she's like, okay. And then I finally get home. Ricky's getting dinner together or whatever. And she's telling me about these these tapes that she was watching. Mm-hmm. And then she's the like. The murder tapes. The murder tapes. The and murder. You so say it all evil. <laughs> Murder. I'll leave that to right. you. <laughs> I think I killed it. No. <laughs> so we're sitting. And you've been to our house. Yeah. You were sitting in the in the kitchen table or whatever. So it's Ricky sitting at the end. I'm sitting in the middle, and then my friend's sitting over here. Uh-huh. And then Ricky goes, "Yeah." So I was showing her the tapes or whatever, and I'm telling her that I, it's one of my hobbies because it curbs my appetite, whatever, whatever. And she's like, she's like, I'm really glad that you came and stayed with us. And then she, like, locks the door. <laughs> and then, so I'm looking at Ricky, and, like, I know, I, I know that she's kidding. Yeah. I know that she's obviously playing. So I kind of giggle. And then I look over at her, and her face is, like, she's mid-bite, and she's, like, like, stone face. And I was, like, oh, fuck. How long have you known this girl? It hasn't been that long. I've so been... that's, that's probably why it's even weirder. Because she kind of knows you. Yeah. And then she definitely doesn't know Ricky. Right. And it's like, what? Yeah. I think it's probably always that thing where, like, what if they're What if they are weirdos, you know? Because I've been at this job for four months now, Uh going on five. So I haven't known her for that long. Have you known her for about that time? Yeah. Four or five months? Yeah. Yeah. That's still pretty. And and we haven't been, like, like, like friends, per se, Uh for, like, we've only done, like, gotten closer within, like, the past two months maybe mm-hmm. so well that's really cool that you even offered and it's really cool that ricky's been supportive yeah because that's like I a mean, really short period of time i thought me offering it was one thing but the fact that my wife was like there to back me up was a totally different thing she's always backing you up mm-hmm. with almost anything i think that's really cool and you guys have been together for a long time so yeah. that like that and you guys have kind of always been that way i think that that's a good moral thing to have like if if your person wants to do something consider it 
and do your best to make it happen. And maybe it's a disaster. Maybe it's the worst thing ever, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's the best thing ever. And and you guys learn all kinds of stuff from it. It's one of those experiences you look back on and like enjoy. For sure. Because that's what we're trying to figure out right now. Like all we're trying to do is help her out. We're not by any means trying to change her mind of what she's going to do in that relationship or whatever. All we are doing is like, putting her in a room to stay kind of thing. Yeah. You know, figure out her stuff. And like, if she's going to work things out herself, good. If not, then fine. That's perfectly fine. Like we are not giving her like a, like a timestamp or like, you got to be out by this time or no, not at all. Like my intention was solely to be like, you don't have family in town. Well, I mean, that's perfectly fine. You have us. Yeah. You know? And I mean, hopefully she's comfortable enough right now. She's back at her house. Oh, she's not staying with you anymore? Well, she's... She's visiting her home. Yes. Yes. She's visiting because she has a dog. Okay. So she wanted to go see her dog and stuff. And um, It's always good to have someone around during a breakup. And it's cool to know that you have an option to go somewhere. And it's cool when you have a platform to figure out. Maybe she gets back with that person. Right. Maybe she does it. But at least she has the opportunity to go to a safe place to figure Mm -hmm. all that stuff out. And that's cool. Definitely. And that's solely the purpose. And I told Rick, I was like, she's probably going to think we're nuts. And Ricky's like, well, we are, but... Sometimes that's cool to know that about someone, like, right away. (laughs) It reminded me of something. I had a friend that actually worked with me and Ricky at um, RDD back in the day. Um, And his name was Joey. He is so funny. Like, funny, funny. (laughs) I had never met this guy before this moment, I'm about to tell you. And he um, he's a a big guy, and he has a lot of tattoos. He has face tattoos, head tattoos. Hmm. And he was sitting one day at the cubicle directly in front of me. So we're facing each other and we have a blocker. So I don't see him, but I know he's there. I can hear his voice. Right. So if we were to stand up, we'd be looking at each other's faces kind of thing. And uh, I'm sitting there one day at my computer, like getting ready to take a new call. And he just kind of pops up and he's eating uh, Funyuns. <laughs> and then uh, he just looks at me. Keep in mind, I've never met this guy in my life. And he just like stares at me. <laughs> and he goes... uh Hey, you know what's really good with Funyuns? And I go, what? He goes, heroin. What? And then he like slowly like goes back down like into his cubicle. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> but it was so funny. Like it was oh hilarious. Just the way he said it. And I never I never felt like like uh, this guy's going to murder me. Or like, it was just like, dude, what the fuck is that? Like, I want to know that guy. He's hilarious. Yeah. And so I remember just saying, like, what the fuck? It was, I'll never forget that. And he ended up being one of my good friends. We would, we would do funny stuff in the call center because we were bored. But I, I just like, what balls to like, just, <laughs> he doesn't know me. What if, <laughs> but he didn't give a fuck. He's like, whatever. That is so cool. It was so funny. And it's not funny to do heroin. And it's not funny I to mean, eat no, it with funnyons, I bet. You would know the word fun is in it. But he was funny. And it was like, his intent was to be funny. And I'm like, God. So that kind of humor that Ricky has when she locks the door and says that, I always think back to those moments because it's like, I, again, when I said, like, if I never knew Ricky and she uh-huh. did that, I would still laugh because I, I laughed at that guy's heroin joke. And it was just so funny. And I'm like, God, that guy has a sense of humor. Here's something. And I mean, I, there's, it's hard for me to say this humbly because I'm funny. It's very rare. And nobody take this personal. I mean, someone's going to. But I just want to say that. It's very rare. That someone's funnier than me. And I mean that humbly. I don't think I'm the funniest person in the world. But there's a certain person, certain type of person, where I like I think they're hilarious, right? right. I'm usually that person for my yeah. friends. I'm the funny guy in my group of friends. 
but randomly I'll meet someone who's hilarious <laughs> and it feels good. It feels relieving to know that I'm not the entertainer and right. I can just sit back and this person will like just be hilarious. <laughs> And it's rare, but I like he's one of them that's just super funny. I had another friend, Jose, that actually passed away. He sold cars mm-hmm. with me. Um, he was hilarious. And his type of humor is exactly like my <laughs> type of humor. He was a Hispanic dude with an accent. And he would always quote hip-hop songs. Like, when we would talk. <laughs> but he wouldn't, like, do Like, it would be out of nowhere. Like, he would say something. He'd be like, damn, 0 to 100 real quick. <laughs> real quick. Like, he would just say that. I'm like, it would just be funny. <laughs> And he just do all this stuff, and he would never announce his joke. He's like, you know, ever since I can remember, I've been popping my collar, but those hoes better put the money in my hand. <laughs> he would like quote that song, but he would just like say it like a conversation. It's just like a random conversation. And it took me like a whole like five seconds to figure out he's talking about that song. Ever since I can remember, I've been popping my collar. Oh, my but he God. just started saying it, and then I'm like, dude, that's so funny that you did that. Um, that is so cool. But little things like that. Like it's like So it's, do you feel pressure when you're hanging around people? All the time. Yeah? Yes. Like to be the funny guy? Not to be the funny guy, but to at least be entertaining. I think that it goes back to my fear of death. I feel like moments are over in an instant. Mm-hmm. And I think we should make the best of moments. Okay. And I feel obligated because I know I have that gift to be able to make people laugh. I also do really good at integrating people that are new. So if it's a group of friends of six and there's two new people there... I involve them. I, they yeah. will not be left out. I'll go, what the That's fuck's your cool. name? Like, I'll get right <laughs> off the bat. Steve, everyone say hi to weird-ass Steve on the end there. And then they laugh, and they're like, well, now I'm full-blown into this fucking group. But by the end of it, they're like, damn, like, that's cool because I got to, as opposed to we all have our talk and they're just kind of on the outside. Right. I'll involve everyone. I'm like, what's your girlfriend's name or is it your wife? Is it weird that I said that? What's going on? She looks weird. Just kidding. You look cool. <laughs> like, it's just like, that's my thing. And then it does make for a good moment. And then afterwards, people always tell me, like, dude, you're hilarious. Like, dude, we had a great time. It's fun. Yeah. Like, you're fun. So I do feel the need, but it doesn't come from a bad place or an insecurity place. It comes from a place where I feel like people, even the ones I haven't met yet, deserve the opportunity to have fun, and they right. deserve moments, because these moments can be taken at, at any, excuse me, at any moment. And so, like, I could die right now, and then, but there'll be all these podcasts to look back on, and we're making the best of moments. Right. If I die, I don't want people are going to be sad. I get it; it's sad when people die. But I would really, I think they would eventually go like that guy made the most of his life. He made the most of moments, and I have X Y Z moments with him that were awesome. And I don't want people to feel like they missed out on stuff. Right. So I do feel a pressure to be that. But only because I'm thinking about those people. If there is a weird couple at the end, or when I say weird new, that isn't involved, maybe they later on. Have you ever met someone and then became really close friends later on? Mm-hmm. And you're like, dude, I wish I like knew you. Like, I wish we would have this conversation sooner because yeah. I could use that type of person in my life right yeah. now. My head goes like, well, let's just get it all out now. <laughs> at least if you hate me or think I'm your best friend, you're going to know after the first time you meet me. Right. At least there will be no guessing. That if we're not so friends, good. at least we, we didn't waste any time pretending to be friends. Right. And if we're best friends, we knew that right away. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so because I value time. Yeah. And so that's where it comes from. So I do feel a pressure huh. to entertain the people around me. So when someone steps in and is doing that for me, <sighs> yeah, you feel that weight off. Yes. I'm like, that's God, taking this guy everywhere or girl, <laughs> like whoever it is. I'm like, that's the, I've got to be around that person. That is so cool. That is so cool. I feel like, I don't know. You remind me a lot of my one of my older brothers. Yeah. And is it because we're both Mexican? <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> That's totally is it our complexion? 
Totally. It's the blue eyes. It's the blue eyes. Does he have blue eyes? No. No? Some some Hispanics have blue eyes. No, for sure. The ones from like deep south in Mexico. Yes. Blonde hair, blue eyes. I knew a blonde hair, blue eye guy that sold cars with me and he barely spoke English. Yeah. He spoke mostly Spanish. Yeah. So what what reminds you me of your brother with me? Um He's definitely Older or younger? He's older. He's older. He's thirty two. So close to me. He's older. Yeah. Um I don't know. I feel like he's always just been so like the like he's always willing to understand people, mm-hmm. and if he doesn't, he wants to know more. Mm-hmm. And he's such a talker. Like <laughs> Ricky, <Fuck? laughs> did I remind you of him? No, I'm just kidding. I'm a talker. For no, sure. in a in a in a definite no, good way. I, like, I, I'm totally. Joking. I am for sure. A talker. And Ricky, Ricky won't admit it, but she loves him. Like, Why would she admit it? Well. I'm sorry to put this out there, guys, but Ooh. she says that he's her favorite. What? Yeah. Well, so of, she doesn't want him to know. I have three brothers, and out of th- the three of them, she just I feel like she just vibes with him a little bit more than the other two, right? So they we lived in San Antonio for a while. He was the one who let us stay with him uh-huh. and stuff, and they just bonded. Yeah. Like, right off the bat, they bonded. Um, they never had any issues, but he's... He just always has, like, so many stories to tell. Mm-hmm. And then when we go out and stuff, like, he's always just wanting to meet new people. Like, he's always just like, let's make some friends. Does he, like, crave it? Because I crave uh, it. Do like, you? I'll be sitting here and I tell Laura, we got to do something. And she'll go, like, well, like you just want to drink? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't even care if we drink. Like, we just got to meet some people. Oh, cool. Like, I got to do that. It, uh, it could be cool. It's a burden because it's, uh. like... I don't want to take over the story, but that, and I'm assuming he might feel the same way. I literally crave meeting new people. So if it's like, I like my group of friends, so Mm -hmm. I don't want to say I would always pick it, but if my group of friends said, should we all go to fucking Steve's house or go to El Paso to the club? I'm just guessing, right? Or go to like somewhere here in Las Cruces. I want to go out because there's a chance I'll run into new people and I'll always prefer the chance that I'll run into new people. That is so cool. See, and I admire that because... Maybe it's just because I'm such a homebody. Mm-hmm. Like, I would much rather stay at home. You're a homo body? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can throw that in. I'm a homo body. Because I do it with my wife all the time, you know? We're You're just being homebody. two homos at home. So You're a homo homebody. <laughs> what, like what, what Do you like just being at home? Like, yeah. as opposed to going out and doing well, stuff? See, that's me. And I feel like I'm forcing Ricky to do that. Because. Is she not the same? Uh, I can see her being that way, too, though. I feel like she enjoys that. I don't know, because I feel like, okay, she's not very social. Uh-huh. Okay, she's not the type to want to go to, like, house parties or whatever. But she would much rather be out and about. Like, earlier today, we went and we got an oil change. We went and had lunch. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, okay, well, does it need you to be there till 2.30? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> that means I can get to go home. And I was like, I'll watch some Netflix and I'll probably take a nap. Yeah. You know? And she's like, I'm going to take Bailey to the dog park. I mean, yes, of course, there's, like, a like a reason for it. She's trying to get the dog tired or the puppy tired or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I feel like she would much rather be out and about. Than at home doing at home, home stuff. Yeah. And you're and, more of a, I'm okay being at home. Yeah, I'm perfectly fine being at home. Like, if you tell me you're not allowed to leave this house and all you get to do is watch Netflix, I'm like, done. Yeah. You're not going to ask me twice. You know, but... I feel like Ricky's a little different, and I feel like I'm forcing her into doing these. I don't think you are. Maybe a little bit, right? You probably know better than me. I think 
this is my hope for Ricky, and I'm okay with saying this, because I think some of the things we talked about on the last podcast were super important, and I think she's headed in a direction where she's going to get better at it. Mm-hmm. I think, when you when I hear you say right now, like, she'd much rather be out and about and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't always see that in her, right. because I don't see her wanting to do that. And I'm starting to understand that more from our conversations, mm-hmm. but it's hard, because me and her are very similar. And the reason why I was giving her some of the advice I was giving her is because I think she would enjoy going out if she didn't have this fear of those weird moments. Right. And so I hope when I tell her these things and I say, hey, try this, try that, it's not because she needs to change. She could be exactly the same and that's Mm -hmm. fine. But I see that I think she would enjoy that and I hope she takes some of those advice, some of that advice because I think mentally, emotionally, she's craving those things Mm -hmm. that she can go out and is really good at, by the way. But she has this weird block where it's like, uh, just in case these things happen, I won't do it. Right. It's like, all right, if you can get past that, maybe there's another block we don't know about. Yeah. We'll deal with that one too. Mm-hmm. But I hope to get to a point where she is more out and about because, and I, I told this to her on the podcast, maybe not in these words, but I really truly feel like the world could use more Ricky. Mm-hmm. Like they really could. And yeah. She has a lot to offer and she needs to get past those things so the world can get what it needs. Definitely. And she can get what she and needs. And she can benefit from it because I feel like she... Like, she's the type of person that needs mental stimulation. Like, that woman is fucking smart. Mm-hmm. Like, that woman just, like, her brain never stops. She's beyond smart. She yeah. came up with the be- We do an anonymous confession at the end uh-huh. of every one. We had one uh, two days ago. I keep saying yesterday. Uh, when, when I recorded that podcast with her and I gave my thought, she was telling me, like, hey, I hate that you come up with the confession because you have time to think about it. <laughs> and I'm like, a little bit. I come up with it, like, 30 minutes before the podcast. Right. Um. But then at the end, she had way better advice than I did. And I was like, what the fuck? And I don't want to ruin it until you see it, but the people that are watching probably already saw it. Um, but it was such, probably the greatest advice that you could give this person that wrote oh, it. Oh, wow. Um, see, and I don't it doubt blew me that. Away. So she, you're 100% I agree with you. I, she took something, she had a thought on it, mm-hmm. heard what I said, which was really powerful. And I tend to be commanding and emotional. Right. And I'm a matter of fact, I'm like, you need to get out of there. Like, I'm like, <laughs> boom, like I'm this presence, right? She was like, yeah, I think uh, she should do this, this, and this. And then I'm like, what? Like, it's like, and it, literally I felt that way. I'm like, that's fucking genius. And yeah. what she said was super cool. Yeah. Uh, so when you watch it, and I'm not saying it because I want you to be able to watch it. Everyone else probably already saw it right. at this point when this comes out. But um, she is super smart and has she great is. ideas. And I'm like, you should be talking to more people. Yeah. <laughs> she's fucking, I, I, I'm telling you, like, she's fucking unbelievable. And yeah. I feel like she does crave that like brain stimulation mm-hmm. and I feel like that's why I feel like sometimes I hold her back because I am so content you know like I'm mm-hmm. able to be happy in any environment and it just so happens that I'm most comfortable at home yeah but I feel like she needs more like she needs more to like be who she is yeah you know what I mean I don't know if I'm letting that out like properly but no i think you're saying it right like there's more there yes there's more there Mm -hmm. and that's a compliment because she's already this person and there's more there and that's cool that you see that because that's your role as the person in a relationship with her Mm -hmm. um it's the same way it's my role to see it in laura it's laura's role to see it in me because we get in our own ways it's ricky's role to see something in you and so it's it's important that we don't just see it but that we express it in a way that's comfortable with the other person. Right. And when you're in a relationship, it's hard to be like, hey, you should do da-da-da. Because our, our 
fucking brains are like, what? You don't like me the way I am? Exactly. Like, whether we say that or not, we feel like, what yeah. do you want me to so change? So am I not enough right now? So it has yeah. to be graceful enough to where you're like, hey, I, I, those are literally like, you'll hear me say that a lot, probably on a million podcasts. Remember, I tend to say, I remind people, hey, if you change nothing, if you're exactly the same, <laughs> I'm okay with that. Just know that. Here's my opinion. Mm -hmm. Because I, I think if you don't say that first, people think you want them to change. Right. And it's not true. Uh, this is just how I feel about stuff. So in a relationship, when you're talking to your significant other, and I do this with Laura all the time, I let her know. I remind her. Because it, if you've ever been in an argument where you're guessing, there's a lot of guessing going on. When they're like, hey, um, you didn't pick up your trash. And you go, she fucking thinks I'm dirty. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> What do you mean? I shower every day. You didn't shower. You didn't shower one time a year ago, remember? And you, you argue. I'm so clean. You don't even shower. And then you go, that's not even what she meant. Right. Now you're in a whole other fucking thing. But it's it's hard because you do that. And it's your job as the person receiving the info to get over that. Mm -hmm. But to make it easier as the person giving the info, could I not anticipate that? Maybe not everything, right? But if I'm going to, and I just made that up, but let, let's say I'm going to talk to Laura. She fucking leaves the drawers open. I hate this shit because multiple reasons, because I'm tall, her drawers are on the floor. I'm going to hit my shit on it one day. When we have kids one day, it's a hazard for kids. Right. I think about all these things. Plus, it takes one goddamn second to close your drawer. <laughs> so when she, I come in the room, like the drawers are all swung like half open. She didn't close up. I'm like, oh, and I just close them. And it gets me mad. And I used to just tell her, like, I used to just, like, you know what I mean? Like, close the goddamn drawer. Like, God damn it. Like, and she would just laugh. And so it's to the point now, I'm going to use that exact example. How do I approach that, right, without letting her know? Because if I say you don't close drawers, she's going to remind me of all the things she does do. Right. And so, which she does do. And then I'm going to argue how stupid that is and it's it's that goes nowhere. So instead, what would be a good way is letting her know, like, hey, can I talk to you real quick, right? Or is this a good moment? It is? Cool. Hey, um, I just want to let you know something. I think you're one of like the most organized people I know. And these are true. You don't ever want to lie. If she's not organized, don't say that. But she is. And she's also very clean. She has the best hygiene. She has way better hygiene than me. <laughs> Specifically when I moved in, like when we first got together. Like I'm a guy. My hygiene was bad. She helped me out. My hygiene's better. <laughs> so I don't want her to think that. So I just let her know like, hey, I think you're this. I think you're organized. I think you have this. And I think you're going to be a great mom one day. You do a lot of things to make this house safe. Yeah. One thing that I noticed was that you leave the drawers open. And I think that could be a hazard. I might hit my shit on it. And it drives me crazy. Um, do you think you can close the drawers? <laughs> it's way easier to say yes to that. Because I address the thing that you might argue. Right. Because I knew you might argue that. So if you were that person, it'd be very easy for you to go like, yeah, that's reasonable. I think I could try. Yeah. It, to me, I go, cool, that's it. Try. You're probably going to leave some fucking drawers open. But as long as you acknowledge that it's a real thing, mm -hmm. don't make me feel crazy about it. Right. And then try. I'm cool with that. But I think people forget... It's a really good technique in relationships. Let me address the things that I think might be issues. Right. And yeah. then talk. It's and called prefacing. Let me preface my comments by letting you know what I know as facts, which is you're an amazing person. You always listen. And I think, you know, let's say there's a scenario where you weren't, you know what I mean? Uh, Laura wasn't listening to something when we're out at a club. Mm -hmm. She wasn't listening to me. And I felt like she was more excited to be with her friends than me. And I'm making this up. That's never happened. Probably happened. But I won't talk about it. Just <laughs> no, kidding. We won't say that. But... I could let her know that. Like, you know what I mean? I could preface my comments by saying, hey, I think you're a great partner. And you're obviously a good friend because you really take hanging out with your friends seriously. And I admire that. When you do that overly sometimes, I think you might forget about me and I'm just standing there while you're talking to your friends. So maybe just be more conscious and just look over and ask me how I'm doing or involve me in the conversation because I'm not good at interjecting myself. But if you bring me in, I could run with that. Right. She's way more likely to be like, yeah, good point. 
Yeah. But if I didn't preface any of it, she would go like, you don't want me to hang out with my friends? So now you're jealous of my friends. And it, that whole thing. No. It just, just brings up a whole different... Yeah, I think you're right. Just address it all like right it. away. Oh, what do you shit. do if you're gonna if you're gonna give Ricky advice? Like, how do you approach it? Like, household stuff, whatever. Do you just say anything? It? Uh, I'm trying to think. Like, do you while you're thinking about it? Do you um, let's say <laughs> you got one already? Yes. Go for it. Because usually, well, okay. So you know how you guys used to work at uh, RDD. RDD together. Yes. And she used to deal with numbers all the time. Um, with numbers? Yeah, with, like, when she started, like, what was it, like, programming? When she moved from supervisor to the other part. Oh, I wasn't, when I was there, she was supervisor. Okay. So I didn't she, know that. So she, when she she moved to programming at one point? I think so. Okay. So that's that coming sense. up, for the people that are listening, she was creating the surveys yes. and the way the numbers add up to send back to the client. So right. if Xbox says, I want you to call people and tell me how many people play Xbox, and I come up with these 10 questions, the programmers design the questions in the the scale of 1 mm-hmm. to 10, how much do you play? How, <laughs> so what time of day do you play it at? Who do you play it with? So she was creating all that, right? Right. Okay. So a lot of numbers. You're right. A lot of numbers. So my whenever I start something like that, I'm like, so on a scale of 1 to 10... <laughs> How likely are you? Do you to do that do... because you think she'll relate to it? No, I honestly, it just came up, and she's like, "God damn it, babe, I'm not at work," and I'm like, "Sorry, but it's just, <laughs> it's just how I want to know." Scale one to ten is pretty universal, though. Yeah, so she, I was like, "How likely are you to uh, take the trash out in the morning?" Oh, that's you know? terrible. So that's passive aggressive as fuck. Just ask her. Hey, take your shit out, like it, you fucking. You know, know, but that's how I started initially. <laughs> initially, that's how I started. I was like, okay. Let me... Maybe I was trying to, like, relate, you know? Maybe. But on a scale of 1 to 10. But now, like, we do bring it... Like, sometimes we... It happened earlier. Because she talked about the screwball. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, you have Jack at home. And I'm like, we've had that bottle of Jack for, like, months now. Yeah. You know, and it, you know how when you drink something so much that you just get tired of it or you get too drunk. You just want to try something different. Yeah. yeah, Or you get too drunk off of it and you don't even want to think about it. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's what happened with Jack. So we've had this bottle of Jack for a while now and she's been trying, like we've been to several parties. We took it to your party. Mm -hmm. It's been there since. Excuse me. Um, We took it to another party in the New Year's and it's still there. Really? it, It hasn't been like. Nobody's taking a drink out of it. Anyway, so she's like, so you have that. You can take that with you. And I'm like, I don't want it. Mm-hmm. I don't want it. I was like, I'm not into Jack right now. Like, that's it. And I, now, like, hindsight, okay, I probably did blow up on her. Uh-huh. And then she's like, you could have just said that. I was like, but you, <laughs> you've brought it up the past five times that we've gone out. Like, we've been to five different parties, brought the bottle with us, and it brings back the bottle the same way. So I've I've said it before. I don't want it. And then she's like, this happened because you didn't tell me before. And I'm just like, oh, my god! But is she right? No. Well, maybe. <laughs> maybe I didn't Did you tell ever her. tell Ricky, I don't want the spot object? Or so, did you think it's obvious because you've asked five times and I obviously don't want it? So the last time she brought it up, I was like, I'm just not feeling Jack. Yeah. Okay. So I thought that was enough. You know, saying. That's not enough. Fuck. I'm just well, being honest here. That's how, I'm just being honest how I feel. In, in that same situation, I would think he, she just doesn't want it right now. 
Yeah. Okay. So maybe I was wrong. Cause so then on our way home, so you have that. I was like, I don't want it. Like, <laughs> stop. You're being your... a brat. She's looking out for you, reminding you of an opportunity. I'm just calling you out. No, Does that word bother you? And maybe no. I'm not trying to be rude. No, no, no you're fine. No, and and maybe it should happen. And she did say she's like, maybe you should have been more clear. And I'm like, well, maybe you should have listened to me a little bit better. Yeah. And then she's like, well, whatever. And then she started talking about the weather. So she got over it. But. When we bring stuff up, like, I feel like I tend to just, like, ramble. Yeah. Instead of, like, giving her advice or, like, telling her, like, I think you should do this. No, I just, like, word vomit. I don't have a filter to be, like, let me have a conversation with you. Well, you don't have one because you're saying you don't have one. If you said, I have one or I'm trying to have one, then maybe you will do your old thing for a while. But the whole point is, let me put in a seed in my head that I could do something different and try it once. Right. And you're going to fail a lot. That's mm-hmm. part of doing it, right? But like having the thought, like, how could I calmly like, and it's funny, I'm calling you out on this, but I'm guilty of that. I do that all the time. And it's, it's a common thing where we go, you must know what I mean. Right. In relationships, <laughs> it's a common thing. I made it pretty clear several times that I don't like watching the Kardashians. How, how do how do I how do you how did I do that? Because every time I came home, you said, "I said, what are you doing?" And she was like, "Watching the Kardashians." And I went, "Oh, this fucking show." So she should know I don't want to watch the Kardashians. Okay. So when I come home after a long day of work and I'm eating, and she goes, "What do you want to watch?" Or I go, "What do you want to watch?" And she says, "How about the Kardashians?" I go, "Are you fucking serious? <laughs> you know I don't like that show." In reality, I think she should know that. Right. But the better version of that is just to go like, "Hey." I really don't like that show. Can we watch something else? Yeah. That's it. That's all it is. Yeah, that's all but it is. But it's takes. offensive to know, why don't you know that I know that you know? Like, <laughs> And it's normal to do that, by the way. But on that specific one you're talking about, you probably owe her an apology. And then let her know, like, hey, I thought you knew because I made it pretty apparent the last right. five times I didn't want it. Um, but just say what you but want I mean- sometimes. People read between the lines all the time. And that's a bonus. If she gets it right, then go, thanks. You're, you got extra credit. Because you don't have... She's not required to do that. No, But obviously. when she does, go like, wow, I got an amazing uh, wife here. Yeah. I was about to say girlfriend. Oh. I have an amazing wife here that figured something out that she's not required to figure right. out. Right. But what it is, is when that happens, people go like, oh, well, that's just how you do it now. Because you're so good. that that's your No, that's not the thing. It's the same thing with me. Mm-hmm. It's not Laura's job. Because if I do figure it out, or she figures something out. If she figured out that I don't like the Kardashians, she doesn't have to keep doing that. She did something nice for me. Where when I act like a jackass, she can go like, oh, I know that he doesn't like it. You know what I mean? Right. And that's why he's acting like this. That's a bonus. She doesn't owe me that. Right. Which, what she deserves and what I owe her is going, hey, this is how I feel. Mm-hmm. With Maybe you know it, maybe you don't. And so that's the same scenario. And it's hard to do that. And I'm saying that as someone who fucks it up daily. <laughs> but I at least intend... To go, Laura's touchy, so she touches a lot, right? She's a hand holder when uh-huh. we go out, which is fine. I love holding hands. I love cuddling. I love all that stuff. But she's so affectionate that I could be playing a video game and she'll like fuck with my face. Oh. She's like your nose and your face and your kids <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing? Like I'm watching a game. This isn't even fun. Like, like what are you getting from this? Like, <laughs> or sometimes she'll try to hold my hand while I'm playing a game, oh. and I'm like, what do you expect me to play with one hand? Like, what do you like? Do you not know that I need two hands? Like, that's my attitude. Right. And trust me, I very recently have done that. Oh. But when I can stop afterwards and think about it, I'm like, she wants to be affectionate. Mm-hmm. Is it hard? I, I'm allowed to tell her how I feel about it without reacting yeah. and being negative. I'm a lot, I should go, 
hey, stop. Like, that's silly. I can need both hands. Like, what do you, do you need some effects right now? <laughs> Swear to God, on the next pause in this game, when it's over, like, I'm giving you the biggest fucking hug in the world. Yeah. Like, and she goes, thanks. Like, and it's just like, <laughs> I could do that. It solves the same problem. Right. And my, my issue isn't that she's being affectionate. My issue is that she's being affectionate in a moment. It's in, in, uh, it's not convenient for me. It's inconvenient. Okay. Um, so that's the hard part. And I'm using that one because it's personal to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but whatever it is, just try to remember, if anyone's listening, <laughs> try to remember, is what I'm doing right now, this goes back to the whole thing we talked about earlier, is this going to change their life? Right. And if it's not, then you're wasting your fucking time. <laughs> and as someone like me who talked about how valuable time is, find it doesn't mean give that idea up. Find a way to make better use of that time. I really want her to stop touching my hands when I'm playing video games. Is yelling at her going to get that done? No. Nope. No. But maybe explaining it, being compassionate, talking. Either way, I deserve to not have my hands touched. She deserves to have affection. Right. Let's figure it out. And whatever the thing is, is like, how is this communication going to work better? Let's figure out the way. And you're going to fail tons of times. But if your mentality is, is this going to, am I, is yelling at this bar hop or the, who's the, the, table person that walks to your table because uh-huh. they called my wife a guy or sir right. is yelling at them you will not treat us like that this is a woman she's the greatest <laughs> woman like is that going to change this person's life or is he probably going to do it again the next time he's confused probably gonna do it again yeah so how about be compassionate and just still voice my opinion you know what i mean but right. be in a way where like that person goes like wow i was kind of rude on accident and they were nice about it damn like, that I think does I make a bigger it. difference i owe it to them to really look into this right it's like right. i just ranted no, Damn. no, no, I, I get it. I understand. And I, I feel like Ricky's and I's relationship, like we've grown a lot. Uh-huh. We definitely have grown a lot. And I feel like our communication is one of the things that we are constantly working at. Because mm-hmm. we communicate differently. Mm-hmm. She says things one way and I take it like. Yeah. You know, and I say things and she's like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> and like we have days. Like, maybe today was one of them where I say one thing and then just, like, it kind of takes... And you can see it, like, in their face. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? And I'm just like, do I need to... She's like, oh, wait, wait, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. Mm-hmm. You know? And at the end of the day, we literally will lay in bed and we're like, we were not on the same page today. Like, no. <laughs> we were not. Like... It's cool that you guys are on the same page at night to be able to go, we weren't earlier. Yeah. Not, people don't even get that far sometimes. And it's and it's so silly because, like, sometimes we're like, okay, babe, you gotta catch up. All right, babe, get with it. You mm-hmm. know, like, we know, we are aware when we're having an off day, but not to the point where we're gonna jump down each other's throat. I think today was an exception, but you know. Yeah, well, I think you guys have great communication, at least from what I've noticed. You guys are very on the same page with stuff. Ricky's really, really good at that. She's a mm-hmm. really, really good partner to have. Well, we use the word partner. Oh, no, stop Ooh. it. Ooh. Ah. Don't say that. Ooh. What do I do? <laughs> Wash your mouth. <laughs> she, uh, as viewing it, she's a good wife. And that doesn't mean that you're not. You're an awesome wife as well. Obviously, I pay more attention to Ricky because I feel like that most of my conversations have to do with that, which is another cool reason why I wanted you here because I feel like there's a weird thing. I always respect people's relationships. And if I'm closer to one person in that relationship, mm-hmm. I, my loyalty lies with that person. Yeah. And it's just the way my brain goes, right? And like, it's, and I hope that you take this in the best way possible. You guys are one of the longest couples that I know. And so it allows me to, and Ricky's always super cool with it, to have a cool relationship with you. Mm-hmm. But it's hard for me. All my questions when you guys are hanging out, is typically directed to Ricky. Yeah. Because See, I know that's where it should go. And Ricky's like that too. We have a friend 
um, I have a friend and her and her husband kind of had like a little split, like a little breakup, whatever. Yeah. And I was still hanging out with my friend and Ricky's like, you can hang out with her, but he's not around. So I'm not interested. So they recently got back together. We went to Buffalo Wild Wings for their kid's birthday Mm -hmm. and Ricky was like, through the roof excited they're like they're back <laughs> on, together yeah. yeah she was like super ecstatic and then the next day we went to a little cookout and stuff and she's like i'm so glad that they're back together she's like i think i took the breakup a little harder than because <laughs> she like out of the both of them obviously she was had like a better relationship with him and i had a better relationship with her yes so and you guys did you always happen. respect that about the other person because yeah. it's not like a disrespectful thing but i do think in an alternate universe and maybe it has a lot to do with my childhood have you ever had a friend and then a different friend and those two friends become friends and then you get left out Mm. it does not feel good and so i have my group of friends right and that's different when it's like a giant group of friends but i feel and i really feel this way if something were to happen and you and ricky broke up i would 100 percent hang out with ricky yeah like, when I saw you, I wouldn't be rude. I'd be super nice. Right. But I wouldn't, I don't think I would go out of my way to, like, comfort you. Not because you don't deserve that. And not because we don't have a friendship that, that has a level where that could happen. But because that's, she's always been my friend. She was the person I met first. Mm-hmm. And my loyalty lies with her. Whether yeah. she's wrong or right. Even if she was the reason you guys weren't together, I would still hang out with Ricky See, and, and have I her back. I completely get that. And that's, it's the same thing that I hope with you and your friends or whoever that, and you are my friend. So I hope this makes sense, right? Like <laughs> no, I, would, yeah. I would never, there would have to be a million things that went wrong, right? But I'm just saying that like in my bones, that's the way it is. Like I am, I am like, t- to give you another example of me and Laura broke up and her friends weren't that nice to me. I think that's perfectly appropriate. If her friends were having my back over hers, I would be mad at her friend. <laughs> I'm like, what kind of fucking friend are you? You're not going to help her out. You're over here helping me out. Yeah. I feel that way. And so there's just something that comes with that. It's a loyalty. And it's it's something that I think that I look for in my friends. And so it's only right if I am that person. If you return that. Yeah. Yes. And so yeah. obviously that will never happen. And I hope nothing ever close to that ever comes down. But I feel comfortable saying that, that that's where it lies. Like when you have a friend, like you have to have that person's back and you have to like there's just a weird loyalty thing there. See, and I admire that. I think loyalty is a huge thing. Yes. Huge, huge thing. Whether you're in a relationship or just a friendship, I think loyalty has a lot to do with it. And the fact that you are upfront with it, um, like, I honestly wouldn't expect you to be like, hey, are you doing all right? Yeah, I wouldn't. You know? No. And loyalty and- isn't agreeing. Like, in that same situation, let's say if Ricky was the person that ruined the relationship... Right. I can still okay. be mad at Ricky. Yeah. I'm still going to check it on her. I'm, I am not, I am an honest friend and my friends love that about me. Mm-hmm. If they're fucking up, I'm like, bro, that's your fault. You fucked that. <laughs> I have one friend that I'm like, well, he was like, no one wants to date me. I'm like, it's cause you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> like I have to, but well. I'm still your friend. I'm not going to go call these girls and tell them they're awesome. Right. So that would be the case. I am a genuine friend. Mm-hmm. So if that was the case, I would tell Ricky, dude, you need to make it right or you need to make it better. This is your fault. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't tell you that. Right. Because my loyalty is to Ricky. Yeah. And so it's like, I would be a good friend. I just would. I know my loyalty lies. Mm-hmm. And it's people confuse loyalty with gassing someone up. I hate, Girls do that a lot. And I not obviously speaking generalities here. But when one girl does breaks up with a guy, they hate the dude. Yeah. And I go, what? Like, you're, do you know? Like, your lady's crazy. Like, you're, <laughs> like that girl's kind of like weird. Like, this is a multi thing. But girls always like, fuck him. You don't need him. I'm like, yeah. why don't you give her some real advice? Like, not 
You can still have her back and give them real advice. That's true. Yeah. See, and, and I feel like that's kind of what happened in this last relationship, our friend's relationship. Like, she knows, and she said it herself. She's like, I'm just really selfish. Like, I tend to be really selfish. She's like, and my thing was always like, well, then don't be selfish. Yeah. Then, I mean, but I'm not very good at advice. I I feel like I tell you how it is, and sometimes I don't have the patience to sit there and paint you a picture. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like giving it to you straight. Like either you make this work, sometimes that or itself is advice. Yeah, you know. So either I'm not gonna sit here and coddle you when I can be like, stop being a little bitch yeah. and get over it. Well, people need that. People need to be kicked in their butt sometimes. All right, I feel like we've had an amazing podcast. Yes, I feel like it's time to to get closer one. to wrapping it up. So at the end of every podcast. We do an anonymous confession. Um, I picked two out, sent it to Ricky. She picked her favorite, and oh that's what you're getting. Oh, my gosh, honey. Um, so we'll both give our opinions on it. Um, there is no right or wrong. You can give good advice or bad advice. I really don't give a book. <laughs> um, and if you don't have one right away, I can go first. But uh, here's the confession. It says, every day I realize more and more how bisexual I am, and I'm also very Christian. I don't believe that a relationship with a woman is what God wants for me. I'm also in a relationship with a man that I completely adore. He's the love of my life, and I couldn't be happier. But when I see girls like Tristan Mays, Zendaya, is that an actress? Mm -hmm. Um, Or Naomi Scott, my heart just stops for a moment. I want to be able to talk to people about it and at least share my struggles. But I don't want them to think of me differently. Huh? It's a tough one, huh? That's interesting. I'll talk a little bit about it while you're thinking of yours. Here's what I can relate to Laura. And I talked to Laura about this, so I'm I'm pretty sure she's comfortable talking about it. Um, but I've always told Laura, it's more common with women, I think, to be open about their sexuality. And again, generalities here, not saying every woman or every guy. Mm-hmm. It's way more common that I've heard girls go, hey, like I find that girl attractive. Even girls that aren't gay or bi, like, that girl's hot. As opposed to guys going like, Chris Brown's wiener is huge, right? Like, or weird, like that guy's gorgeous or something. You don't hear that out of men, but girls do it a lot. So it's more common with men, women. But I've always told Laura, again, going back to like what you would do without me, you should be able to do with me kind of thing. Not literally. I'm not trying to have a three-way. Uh, but I'm going to the point of telling her, and I've literally told her this. Hey, if you're attracted to a girl, because I think she's thought about it with the whole like celebrities, just celebrity crushes and stuff. I think that sexuality is open and should be discussed. Mm-hmm. And so I've always told her, if that's something you feel, talk to me about it and we'll figure it out. I'm not saying I'm cool with it. I'm not saying I'm going to let you go do whatever you want. But right. I think that we should at least, you should feel comfortable enough that you can come to me and say, hey, I have these celebrity crushes or a crush on a girl I saw at, at Sonic. I don't know what it means. I don't think that I like girls, or maybe mm-hmm. I do, I don't know. I would want you to at least tell me about it so we can discuss it together and have a conversation because I truly believe I am kind enough to have a real conversation about it and not just one where I'm like, you're weird, God hates you, all those <laughs> weird things. So that's my opinion on it. I don't have a lot of experience in here, which is where you'll come in. But I do think that if if I was giving this person advice, my advice would be to talk to him about it. And if he doesn't understand, because she said, some major things, which is he's the love of my life and I couldn't be happier. Mm-hmm. She obviously likes this guy. So you cannot help that you also might like a girl. You should be able to have a conversation with him about it and it's okay. I now, there think- is the Christianity part, which I think might be the issue. I wouldn't say if there's a danger issue there, definitely don't do it. But if you feel comfortable enough, bring it up. And if he doesn't like it and leaves you, then that was what was supposed to happen anyways. Right. And What do you feel? 
Well, I feel like this is all, this all goes back to the way that I came out to my parents. Like, I was always afraid, you know? So, there's always this fear of mm-hmm. people not accepting you. Whether it's your sexuality or whether it's, like, the type of music you like. You know, it all comes down to people being accepting or whatever. But or even I, the type of girl, right? Yeah. If it's, like, a boyish girl, it's one thing. If it's a girly girl, it's yeah. one thing. If it's, it's someone that's, like, noticeably super attractive, it's one thing. Noticeably not. In shape, not in shape. Mm-hmm. They'll judge... The type of person as well. Yes. Everything. So I feel, I don't know. I just feel like I'm at the point in my life where I'm like, fuck everything. So like. (laughs) Well, what advice would you give this girl? I would give her. Because they, let's assume they can't say fuck everything. Unless that is your advice. Go for it. (laughs) Um, I would tell her to have an open conversation. With? With her man. Um, If she feels that he obviously, she couldn't be happier. So she's obviously confused about something. Mm -hmm. She's obviously missing something. So have a conversation, just like you said, mm-hmm. have a conversation, bring it up, be honest with one another. And if he understands, cool. If he doesn't, then I like to say move on and find a different chick. <laughs> but um, I feel like the religion is probably what she's afraid of. Yes. The religion part is it plays a huge part in everybody's, well, most people's lives and stuff. So... Because there isn't really a religion that promotes that, right? No. See, no. Like a r- traditional religion, right? Right. Because, yeah. I mean, you could obviously go to, like, non-denominational places. Yeah. And they don't give a crap. But Christianity, I don't understand it. So, I suck at giving advice. I told no, you I you're suck doing at good. giving advice. I think you gave great advice. Um, it's, it's almost like there's... It's people don't know yet. That's how I look at it. Like the way we look back and we go, what slavery was a thing. Right. If you went back and talked to someone at that time, they would probably look you in your eyes and go, no, this isn't a racist thing. They're just better workers Mm. and they listen and I own them. Like they would justify (laughs) it and everyone around them would probably nod their heads and go like, yeah, that's what it is. They just don't know yet. So we now years later can look back and go like, oh, that's terrible. There was a time where they thought smoking indoors was good. There's a time that they thought smoking while you're pregnant was okay. (laughs) We all grow and now it's crazy. There will be a time where people look back and go, what? Someone liked someone of the same sex and they were scared? Yeah. Everyone does that now. Yeah. There will be a time. So let's be ahead of that. I'm hoping we're getting to that point. So I feel like she just. I think we will. It's. Hopeful. There's always going to be somebody that's against it. For sure. The same yeah. way there's still racist people, right? Right. But for the most part, it will be way more comfortable. And then more it's open. easier when the minority is the person acting crazy. Right. When there's a small percentage of people doing stupid stuff, we can go, all right, you're just dumb. And you're, well, mm-hmm. you're not going to affect my life in a major way. Right. But when the major percentage is feeling a certain way, it's an issue. But yeah, I think that this person should definitely have a conversation and, and go with their guts. Yeah, have a conversation. Be honest with yourself. Because... That's what I was trying to tell my friend going through the breakup. I was like, the only person that you have to answer to is yourself. Yeah. The only person that you have to put up with is yourself. And at at the end of the night, you're not happy with who you are. There's got to be changes made. Whether it's a conversation to be had or whether it's a change that you need to make, you got to get it done. Yeah. Because you can't live your life thinking what if. You can live your life thinking, what if I had done this? What if I had changed this? You can go about that. Yeah. I mean, there's always going to be something that you could have done differently. But if you don't take the chances, you're never going to know. So if this is something that she's really feeling and she's bringing up more than just... I mean, celebrity crushes is a thing. I get it. Yeah. But like, if you tell me that you're having a crush on this girl that you work with 
it's completely different. And that's when it's time to have that conversation. I agree. And it's time to have that conversation with your significant other and think about it and reflect on it yourself. And do it now and not later. Right. Yeah. Because you're going to fall back and you're going to be like, oh, fuck. Good so. advice. Oh, thanks. Girl, you be killing them. <laughs> I sang that same song at the end of Ricky's. Which Girl, one? you be killing Do you remember that? No. You be killing them. I think it was fabulous. No, I have no idea. Oh, we're going to find it for the oh, next shit. one. Hey, thanks for coming. I yeah. feel like I had a good time. I'm excited thanks. for this one to come out. I'm, I appreciate your time. Up. Yeah. All right, Thanks, we're done. Will. Woo! Got it. Oh.